um, the, 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 the host mm. of the tour asked us why the White House was white. And I shouted out, because we burned it down! And then later on, he's like referencing back to that, you know, because the Canadians burned it down. And she goes, woohoo! <laughs> and another lady on the bus is like, why is she so happy about it? <laughs> See, if anything, what you really have to do is you have to take, like, a guided tour of London and then Paris right back to back. <laughs> it's very interesting to get that juxtaposition of uh, the Napoleonic Wars. Mm. Well, and it's funny to hear an American standpoint of the War of 1812 because they say we started it. Yeah. Well, we did kind of Shanghai a lot of merchant marines. Oh, come on. They were going to attack us. Dude, that's that, Laura Secord on them. No, no, I'm talking about like in the six month prior six months prior, the British were <laughs> actually oh, enslaving American sailors. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Slavery, not cool, yo. Hmm. <laughs> I guess. Well, we we were pressing them into a better service. No. No, there is no better about being pressed into service. Impressed service on a British naval vessel is not good. Well, that that was the British. That wasn't you, us. You just get the sodomy and the lash and none of the rum. Ooh, zing! <laughs> wow, well put. <laughs> I really hope you're recording, Chris. Hello, everybody! Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 270 for the week of July 7th, 2013. I'm your host, Chris Privetier, back with my lovely wife, Anna Marie Privetier. Hello! And, of course, Emmanuel Marino joins us as always. Hey, how's it going? Uh, from the not sunny West Coast. From the not so sunny West Coast. And interim host of your awesome little interim RPG Cast. He did a wonderful job, but he's here to join us tonight Scott Walker. Editing. I does it. <laughs> yeah, I does it. All right. Thank you. That was a great episode you put together. Thank you for doing that. Um, I hope people appreciated it. <laughs> it probably helped if I would have gotten up on the feed sooner. But, eh. Yeah. <laughs> we got there. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, go ahead and listen to it. It'll give a lot of uh, post-E3 impressions. Now we're post-post-post-E3, right? I don't... Yeah. How about some impressions from someone who's actually at the show? That's what I was going to no, ask that, you. That doesn't seem like it's really all that necessary. <laughs> okay, then I'll just leave. Goodbye. <laughs> so, Manny, you went to E3. And I think the and most important... at the same time, you went to D.C., right? I did, yeah. We were in wow. D.C. We watched... You made the right choice. <laughs> That's what I hear. We were sick, though, at the time. So we stayed inside and watched a lot of coverage on um, GameTrailers.com and, and GameSpot.com. We tried to watch Giant and, Bomb coverage, but their site broke ooh. during the week. Well, and it turned out that someone broke into their studio and stole all their equipment. Yeah, so I feel so fun. bad for those guys. Yeah. You don't need that during E3. But you, you went to E3. Did you see a single RPG at the show? Um, Like I said before, I think the, you guys made the right choice. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like I'm being facetious or just joking, but I legitimately think that everyone from RP Gamer who 
who couldn't come for whatever reason, made probably made the good call because it's one thing for me to go when you live in the area and I just hop on a bus and go over there. It's another thing for you guys to fly across the country to spend all the money in a hotel room on food on all on transportation for a show that let's be honest, one person was too much. Wow, really? I'm not even I joking. Mean, People think is- I'm. No, no, and I totally get you because I remember the year that we went and the 360 and the PS3, and I want to say that we were revealed, but I think it was just the PS3 and the 360. I I think there was a handheld around that same time. I think it might have been the DS. Yeah. But, I mean, I remember going to that show, and there was, like, no RPGs. Or there was a couple of RPGs, but they were so early in development, like... Untold Legends. It was like the first game that wasn't on PSP. And despite the fact that it was being made by SOE, they didn't actually have a six-axis controller. So even though the Untold Legends game like had major, major six-axis elements to it, they couldn't show them to us. Yeah. That was like the RPG experience of, I think, 2006. Well, so- this was, I think this was a good year, if you were maybe IGN and GameSpot. But like more and like this year more so than any other than a lot of other ones. It's like even that show floor experience. Like you think, oh, fantastic! I'm gonna get to see the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four up like up close and personal. Well, if you want to wait in a two-hour line, sure. But I mean, like the best you can do with the PS4 is you get to hold the controller for a few minutes and play Ho Hokum or uh, Blacklight. You know, the free-to-play game. I like, don't oh, even remember what, what those are now. Weeks yeah, out those what those controllers feel like. Or you can go to the PS4, I mean the Xbox section in their tiny little booth and go say, and go wait in like a 40 minute line to go play Rise. <laughs> or try a, a Loco cycle for like a minute and say, oh, that's what this controller feels like. But Well, did you get to try the controllers at least? Well, yeah, I did, but... Did, did they... Are they significantly different from any other controller you have held in the past, say, eight years? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. The the PlayStation 4 controller is remarkably better than the PlayStation 3 controller. They they fixed the triggers, right? Well, I'm still not crazy about the stick placement. Okay. But uh, they actually do feel better because they're a little bit concave, sort of like they go in a bit. And then there's there's like the, you know, the old sort of convex shape. Uh, they feel a little tighter, like the dead zones a bit better. The entire thing has a, a, is sort of textured, so it feels better in your hands. It feels it feels like meatier and stronger, and like the first, yeah. you know, the first PS3 one when it when it came out, it felt like a, a paper. Well, here's a hint: textured controller stuff that goes away after a couple months, it wears off. It but, does. Yeah, we'll see how but long it, that lasts. But more importantly, the triggers. The triggers feel great. I actually feel like real triggers, not like the mush that was on the bottom that can actually get pressed. Uh, the trackpad is like a MacBook trackpad. It even clicks in both oh, corners. Oh, wow. Clicks. <laughs> okay. The generally feels like a, be- it's like a better controller. Okay. And the Xbox controllers are just analog triggers, you know, feel slightly better. I, I guess that's, that one is a, people are a little bit off on. Like some people think it feels a little better. Some people feel it's Well, they swapped exactly the button and the stick, right, on the right side? So now it's like a Wii U controller? Huh? Didn't they swap where the buttons and the stick were on the right side? No, of course not. They oh. would never change that part. Oh, it's really? pretty much identical, except the, the triggers are a little bit more – no, the left and right bumper are a little bit more clicky. Oh, okay. So the stick's yeah. still on the bottom on the right side. Yeah. Same okay. old identical. All right. Um, as far as like other big stuff we're seeing, like that's the thing though is if you don't have an appointment, you didn't see anything uh, you know, important. You're, you're waiting in a line, in yeah. a long line to see oh, anything. Okay. 
I mean, E3 is basically the line show if you don't have an appointment. I think my biggest problem with the show is that there were, it seemed like more than this year than any other. There was way too many just plain old GameStop employees or whatever you call it. Just people who really shouldn't be there. Hmm. So if you did want to maybe spend some time with some hardware or you want to go see Transistor or anything like that, 45 to so an hour long wait. And he, I just didn't have time to do that in between all the appointments. It was like a, it's like a Disney World at those wait times. Well, you know, the funny thing is, though, is like the longest lines were for the free crap. It's like people have no shame at these shows. They're, they, they, Still? It was, you wouldn't believe it. The, the line for like a shirt, like with like a Disney Infinity logo pressed on it or something. All right, let's like, talk it was, E3 metagame. Last year, it was, it, I can't believe how bad it would have been this year. All right, so oh, they were giving out. Uh, let me see the, the the line for one of the faster moving lines was for Disney Infinity. They're giving out free samples of the different Infinity figures. Ooh. They had three stations going at the same time, so you can get three people up at a time. The wait for that one was only an hour and a half, like an hour and a half. Only an hour and a half. That's like <laughs> when they did the ears. That's what. That's like the, the same setup one. they had for the Oswald ears last year or two years. The ago. worst one, worse than that though, was Activision because they had um, the Skylander, the free three exclusive X Skylander. So anyone can get it. No. This year. So oh. it was like a two-hour wait mm-hmm. to get it. And then when you go there, you play the demo, and then you spin a wheel. Ooh. And if you win, then you get the figure. That's kind of cruel. And if you lose, the, you get to go back to the line. And of course, I everyone who wins that figure is eBaying it. So. They are, and it's dirty. But I, So I asked the people, so uh, some, some GameStop employees I saw online, so did you guys win? Like, no, we didn't. you guys can go back later? It's like, yeah, what else are you going to do? And that's E3 in a nutshell. Wait, wait, it's, the GameSpot employees? Oh, GameStop. Game oh, okay. All right. Yeah, but I mean, we saw that on one of the videos that we were watching, right? Remember that chick that was in line? She's like, yeah. I don't know what I'm standing in line for. I just know I'm going to get something free at the end. <laughs> you know, uh, it's so ooh. weird. You, you, this is supposed to be an industry show, but at the way it's run, you wonder who it's actually marketed to. Because the tactics and the behavior, it doesn't feel like... And he, it doesn't feel like a show geared towards the industry. Like, for example, at the Nintendo booth, one of the only places you can actually – there was only two places you can play Nintendo DS games, Nintendo oh. 3DS games. And thankfully, I got to go to the Nintendo Showcase, and even that was a disaster, which I'll get into in a minute. <laughs> but Oh, and so here's – about the Skylanders, because people know we're obsessed with Skylanders. It was a gold hot dog. That's all it is. Mm. It's literally the exact same so thing. hot dog is just golden. gold paint. Yep. Yeah, it actually okay. doesn't look I, that nice. I will, I will just send you my extra gold spray paint, and you, you can have your own. It's literally, it wouldn't be no difference. It would literally be no difference. Yeah, Except, oh, wait, no, right. wait, there's a difference. There isn't a little bubble on the packaging that says E3, E3 exclusive. E3 and licensing show edition 2013. Okay, mm-hmm. so where was I for a minute ago? Uh, Nintendo, I think yes. you're going to sell us about. So, so uh, you know, thankfully, I got some time to spend with uh, Mario and Luigi Super, Mario and Luigi Dream Team. But on the show floor, the only way you can play a 3DS game is if you found a, ra- uh, a random woman walking through the booth who had a 3DS chained to her. Wait, like there were no booth. stations? There was Again? one station in the center of the booth. But that station also happened to be giving out prizes at random. So what they would they have like a little wheel that they would spin around while, when people were done with the demo. And you could win a, either a 3DS XL, a plush bomb, uh, a ugly hat, or like a commemorative coin. And as a result, because they were giving out free garbage the line to actually play any actual 3DS game was three hours long. What were they giving out? A hat? Like a hat, a bag, a stuffed anim- stuffed toy, and a 3DS. Wow. So, you know, I'm thinking like, essentially, if anyone's actually there to play a 3DS game, you can't because they're giving out free crap. Wow. 
that's pretty crappy. Oh, but wait, maybe if you're lucky, one of the one of the random booth babes who has a 3S chain to her <laughs> will be you'll be able to corral her into a corner so you can play for like five minutes before it gets awkward that you're playing a game attached to a grown woman. Well, it, it's the video game industry, so women are just objects anyhow, right? Well, at this point, they're mobile poles, right? Mobile gaming stations. Well, yeah. and wasn't there a Comic Con where they had homeless people roaming around with like Wi-Fi hotspots? You know, they could have handled that. Oh, situation. I heard about that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so this—it's funny you bring that up, Manny, because this year the um, issue with sexism at E3 sort of came to a head because just about every single party all of the women that I know that went to them had really bad experiences. And even worse is once again, we had people coming up to people working at booths for my clients, and it actually wasn't Natsume this year, but we had a female demoer in one of our clients' booths, and someone walked up to her and wanted to know why she wasn't hot. They asked that? Yes. What? And and she was promptly allowed to beat him with like a baseball bat right i hope so no i i actually don't know what her answer was because i haven't talked to my boss in like depth about this yet but yeah apparently someone was asked why she wasn't a booth babe i think you know and i think it's just that it's like a lot of this stuff sort of that sexism stuff the booth babe garbage the fact that the show feels like a crappy version of comic-con with more lines and less things to see it's just i just sort of got frustrated and by the first day i was just ready for it to be over i just didn't care anymore I'm just uh, there's nothing to play because every the line for everything is ridiculously long. It's too crowded and smelly because there's pff, I, people who don't belong there. Ste- like essentially, we don't belong there. We're a fan site, but you know, I, I would like to think we provide coverage, some coverage for smaller sites. We're a otherwise. specialist news site. We're not a fan site. But still, it just I, I, I just there, still. There are, I mean, Manny, it depends on which week, what team. side of that coin we fall on, Chris. Uh, well. The stuff I put up is not meant to be fan sites. All right, whatever. As someone who's worked in a booth, I'm I'm telling you right now, a site like RP Gamer, that even as a small site, as a loyalty site, as a fan site, as whatever you want to distinguish RP Gamer as, we are still getting more leverage out of you guys than we are out of yawn crap GameStop employee because they're not going to go back to their store and talk about our game. Absolutely. I, that show would be a better show with like 15,000 less people. Ten to fifteen thousand less, and people who who like people coming up to me like even like random GameStop employees like when I went back like the week after I'll talk about like oh my friend who got all the goodies at Bethesda he got all the goodies I'm like what goodies you mean the lanyard it's like yeah did you see the land it's a freaking lanyard who cares you work at GameStop you have all the lanyards you will ever need but people <laughs> go crazy over lanyard it's just like the stuff that people will... Ugh. But, but it's funny, know, though. It's telling, though. Because um, a couple of years ago, when I brought home, like, five different lanyards and gave them out to my friends around Vancouver, and they were all mega stoked about the fact that they got a lanyard from E3. You know, it's it's telling, though. Like, the, it's, it's almost sad, but the booths that didn't give anything out were essentially were the only places where you could actually play something. And it, it was kind of sad to see, like, the Square Enix booth. You know, they had some new games to show. They had some... some and like the only line that was at the Square Enix booth was for the Final Fantasy XIV thing because you had a possibility of winning a shirt. Okay, so let's talk about Final uh, Square Enix. Did you get to play Thief Four at all, or see it? I or played anything? everything Square Enix has to show. Well, well, I didn't know if Thief Four was playable. Yeah, I played it. I played it at uh, G- 
uh, Judge's Day, but I never mentioned it because it wasn't oh. within the coverage. Oh, I didn't know we were able to. Okay. That's cool. Um, was that any good or was that bad? It's hard to tell. I, I heard like I, it I, felt when early. When I saw the demo, well, let me give you my two impressions of the well, demo. Well, everything like my I hear demo. about Thief 4 just makes me not want to play Thief 4. It well, sounds, well, let it me sounds the like first. the game's in trouble. <laughs> so the demo was want, we watched, it was, uh, so the, it was a presentation in Santa Monica, and we sat down, we, we watched these videos and presentations for a bunch of stuff, and the Thief 4 presentation, they say for the end of the presentations. So we sat there and we watched it. And you know, at first it looked pretty cool what this guy was doing. He's moving from like corner to corner. He's you know very stealth. It's almost perfect. Now when I actually got the chance to play, you see how any normal person can actually do that. But you know, but well, he was playing it perfectly, dodging everything perfectly. You know, sneaking up behind people, using water, using the right arrow at the right time on the right person, just as they would come around the corner. It looked pretty. It looked okay. But then there's this whole like 20 minute sequence where this guy is escaping from this house that he just robbed, and it's just you know this house is on fire, buildings are crashing down. Buildings are crashing down. Uh, so it's like this 20 minute sequence that this guy's just hopping around from. For like 20 minutes, it just it just dragged on and on as we watched this guy. Okay, oh, he missed the beam just barely. Oh, he's crawling under the firing thing. Oh, he jumped, he swung, he caught the rope just in time. He's climbing before the building fell over. Oh, it's so amazing and dramatic. It's like, you know, 20 minutes later, why is this still going on? So in a lot of ways, it doesn't. It, it, it seems like a game that's trapped between China, those big cinematic moments, like escaping from a burning building. With all your loot in hand, oh, of course. That's the funny thing is, you know, the you know the buildings falling all around you, but you still have moment like you know a spare minute to t- to take the lamp from the desk or oh, some of a pocket of gold coins on the floor. So, but the first half seems like if you're a master video game ninja, it looks interesting. And the second half, if you're a master video game ninja who can you know who can hop onto the right thing perfectly without falling to your death. I'm sure it's great, but I guess for normal people like us who aren't going to do everything perfectly because we aren't on the QA team, it looks very problematic. Mm. And when I got to play it, it was just... I had that very much of experience, like, okay, now, swoop. Oh, he saw me. Okay. <laughs> wait, I didn't go past the thing quick enough. Came up here. Oh, wait, he saw me because I was going up here. So it's one of those things that maybe... I don't know. You, you need a lot more time to master it, to do what they do in those demos. Mm. Well, I'm, I just keep hearing about, like, the slow-mo, like, fight sequences and, you know, full mo-capped cinematics. I'm like, this is not beef. This is... Oh, the fighting's I... born. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, the, the fighting's supposed to be terrible and unbalanced in Thief because you don't want to fight anyone. You're fighting, you're doing it wrong. So it's hiding in closets. You know, but this, the, the way this game is presented, it feels like if you aren't swooping from shadow to shadow perfectly, it feels like you're doing it wrong, too. Basically, a lot of this game makes you feel like you're doing something wrong. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a good premise for a game other than Dark Souls. Yeah, you have to be... Um, okay, but let me see. RP, RPG-wise, back at the show. Did you play oh, yeah, Square Enix was empty because no, they weren't giving out anything for free, so nobody cared. Uh, Seed was largely ignored. It's funny, the, the, the booths that were the most empty were the Japanese companies, no, uh, okay. aside from Sony. But I want to hear about, okay, two questions about swag, and then I want to I actually talk about games. One, what was the worst, stupidest thing you saw being given away? A lot of stuff. Actually, what I think more so, more, I think more so was the hoops that they made people go through to get garbage. Okay, what was the stupidest thing someone had to do? 
Well, like one thing, like uh, it was interesting. Like Natsume tricked people into playing their games, but it like in the most like kind of cynical way possible. And like a lot of like people who really didn't care about the games played every single one just long enough to get a stamp on a little card so they can get a free plush toy. But it just I didn't say it was like the not that the plush toy was bad or the games were bad, but just just seeing like the demo that's actually a common convention tactic to get people to try stuff is yeah that's what cards. you do every year at your east e um at, yeah emc world yep at the it shows yep i i know but it's, it's just looking at the people's faces and oh, like of the, of the presenters and the people doing it, it just felt so awkward and cynical it's like terrible. The guy... it's terrible it's a waste of time you're selling your time and yourself and doing stuff that you really shouldn't be in order to get a crappy prize that you'd be better off just going out and buying that's what I think for me that one felt the dirtiest because I felt like the people who actually would have enjoyed the Natsume games had to wait in a long line to even actually try it. And that was just in the back of a long line, you know, behind people who really didn't care. At the same time, Manny, having to deal with people who come up and constantly ask, can I have something? And then snatching it out of my hand. There, there had to be a better way to organize it this year. And honestly, I actually felt really bad for Natsume because they were critically understaffed this year. It felt like it. Part of yeah. that's my fault. Yeah, I mean, three people that are normally there were not there this year. Um, there were some good stuff, like AMD gave away some APUs, which was pretty cool. Oh wow, that's nice. Um, some bad stuff that was like some uh, sad lines was a. Uh... Oh, there was one I just reminded. I can't remember at the moment. I had it. Okay, I was thinking Natsume. There was the fifty-fifty whether you might win when you might not. Yeah, that was pretty bad. There was. Huh. I'll, I'm sure it'll come back to me. Okay. In a minute. I mean, so, Skylanders line sounds pretty darn Yeah, ridiculous. that was the 50-50. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. Okay, my bad. Okay, so Manny, let's talk RPGs. Talk, walk us through the RPGs you actually played at the show. Okay, so let me see. Oh, crap. I know can you so. even remember any? <laughs> no, I remember. I have a pretty good memory. Oh, do you need to go get a, mo- a book? We can, we can fill time while you get your notebook. Okay, well, let me just remember off the top of my head. Well, I, I did play is. the Nintendo E3 showings at a different press event in, up here in Toronto, so if you need to fill time, I can talk about Wind Waker HD or um, something. I, I saw everything you saw. I mean, yeah. I can just talk about it right now. Okay. The only thing that was actually I actually thought was well, surprised me was uh, Mario and Luigi. Yeah, that, that was, well, how was that that? awesome. Because <laughs> that's the one that I'm actually specifically interested in. It's a awesome, like pre-order. Well, it seems like they're doing like if you want the 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 core game on the real world is the old Mario and Luigi experience that you remember, but done with nice 3D graphics and a good use of stereoscopic 3D for like sort of depth. And then there's this whole new dream sequence that sort of just plays with all the you know the the humor of Mario and Luigi and sort of does it in a new way with side-scrolling 2D levels Ooh. and more interesting battles. And there's like these big Luigi battles that. Uh, did you get to try all three modes? I mean, all four modes. I'm sure it's the same E3 demo. Yeah, play. it's it's the same thing. I I did two, and uh, Sam did the other two. So I did not. So I did not get to do everything. But it, it just looks like a like as far as Nintendo making a solid RPG, um, all the RPG mechanics are there. It seems like they're trying new things. I mean, especially after as bad as Paper Mario was, where did he even really classify as an RPG? It's nice to see that they were actually trying with Mario and Luigi. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Nintendo, they try. Wind Waker. I played a little bit of Wind Waker. I wasn't that impressed. It was just. Well, it, it's more Wind Waker. Yeah. Like it so, looks hella good. Well, okay, okay. I, like that's so Wind the Waker, only thing anyone cares about. What is, is, tell me what they're changing about the sailing. Right. That's what we care about. Right. Oh, that's the, the part. Thank you for there reminding are faster me. Faster sales. 
but I was talking to one of the Nintendo reps who was next to me, and I'm like, well, you guys made – the thing that they made faster was the part that didn't that you didn't care about being slow. Like, oh. I think – I think A.G. Onuma missed the point. He, he, yeah, we said sailing was slow. Not because the actual going from point A to point B is slow. It's the, I need to turn, so I stop. Pull down my sail, take out my my baton, conduct the wind to the right, so I can go around the, wait, wait, no, the thing I need to go, the landing's this way, stop, pull out my baton, do the little song, wait for it to play its motion, change the wind, take out my sail again, and go slightly this way. Oh, wait, I need to turn around. Stop. That's the part that they haven't fixed or changed at all. Oh, you're kidding. That was the part that made sailing unbearable and slow. It got to the point where if I saw something off to the side in the original Wind Waker, I'd be like, I don't feel like... I'm just going to keep going. (laughs) Wow. So what they did, though, instead of they made, if you hold down the A button, you go like maybe 5 or 10% faster while you're sailing. Ooh. But like, who cares? That's not the part that slows down sailing. Hmm. Well, this is disappointing. All right. <laughs> oh, so, and another little gripe I had, and I told the Nintendo rep, and he took out a little pen and started marking down. Like, <laughs> Just to make it's you like, feel better before you threw that like, out. <laughs> I, I, I said to, uh, why can't I look at my menu on the top sc- on on the on the TV screen and just play the way I play the original Wind Waker? It's like, oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> what? what say what? You know what? I'm I'm just glad they didn't make me pull the put the screen you know lift the tablet up so I could aim my hook shot. No, wait. What is this about the TV screen? Oh, I'm just I just wanted to use I just wanted to play it like the original game, right? And not have to look down whenever I want to use my menu. Oh, okay. There was no option for that. Yeah, they're probably not gonna change that because they need to use the controller um, yeah but um, but hey if you never played Wind Waker now's your chance and I haven't but I have it on GameCube and it sounds like maybe I should just play it on there if they didn't make it any nice. better I don't know I, I don't care that much alright I mean it, it sounds weird for me to spend 60 bucks if they didn't actually fix the sailing I care about it being prettier and I like sailing well, there, right. Anna, it sounds like I'm getting it on the faster. Wii U then. <laughs> unless you actually have to change directions, it's 10% faster. Unless you ever need to move in any other way. You know what? As, as long never... as you know exactly where you want to go. <laughs> the funny thing is, is I don't remember changing the wind that often. Well, no, I, mean, I may I, have just sort of barreled ahead and screwed the wind. You know screwed. what it was? Though, like as you're sailing into the wind, instead of having it behind, we all get there eventually. <laughs> but you know what it was? It was like when you were saying, like, in like maybe in a little archipelago, you'd see one of the map fish out of the corner of your eye, and you'd be yeah, like, oh, and I stop and F. turn around and just go there and figure out tacking to the wind. I just I didn't change the wind that often, so I think that that irritation may have just gone over me for that reason. I, I, you know, I would do the same thing, and then I would only change it after I went to a dead stop. I'm like, okay, now I actually have to change the wind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay uh, what, about link, course, what about linked between time? Link between worlds? I, whatever. The Nintendo showcase was overbooked. It was, we were all packed in there with creepy. Uh, you know what actually does a good is the uh, one of the Giant Bomb E3 post E3 podcast. They talk about this whole thing where they had uh, what's his name, the voice of Mario. Yeah. <laughs> they had a camera guy. Who was pointing? Who was zooming in on people's badges? And he'd be like, "Oh, it's a Presente from from Polygon. How are you doing? Nice to hear." Wait, this was the the warm up. This was the, the two before the show open press event yeah. thing. Yeah, and this was the warm up before the actual event, and it was just this weird thing so, where Mark. 
the camera guy would zoom in on people like, oh, it's a pretty a prince. Like he called every woman a princess. Oh, it's uh-huh. a princess. Uh, how you going, princess? How you doing? It's uh, Emily. How are you? Oh, Emily. Hey, how's it going? Where are you from, Emily? That's so, a nice So basically Mario was acting like a character actor at Disney World. Um, yep, he was trying yep. to warm us up, and that yep. went on for like 45 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay, one more minute, and then the Reggie comes out. Hey, how's it going, my brother over there? How's it going? How you doing? should have did um, some other voices. Was, or oh, they, they paid him to be Mario. Well, they should do like <laughs> Waluigi or Wario oh, Chris, or something. Chris, what? we forgot the most important part. What? Play the game. <laughs> I was just going to ask you. Um, so it is Giant really Fo- important, Manny. We need to know if you played the games. There were too many people to actually play the game. Was it as creepy as Giant Bomb makes it sound like? It really was awkward. <laughs> it was just hella awkward. See, I don't, I'm not even just from like San the mega intense eyes that like bore into your soul. I just love that play the only thing Nintendo game. has on the other companies this year is they have games you can play for their their latest system. But you know, it was really awkward. I think the most human thing was just seeing. I was next to the line where the guy next to the stage where the guys would run up. Yeah, like the and just seeing them sort of just standing there talking to their friends and like you could see them awkwardly putting on the glove, the cat suit, and going like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I have to wear this." You, no, I, I was there and I actually got to see the look on their faces that they were putting this stuff on, and they're yeah. like, "Ugh." <laughs> So those are the just, people behind Miyamoto, or how does yeah, that? Remember yeah, remember the cat game? Yeah, yeah, those guys. All of them oh, were boy. there, and like, uh, even what's his name? With the, I have some good pictures from behind the scenes. If you look okay. on our Facebook page, and it's just funny, awkward seeing them there. And that was like the most human that was there. And then they went on stage and they did this little, their little gimmick, meow, meow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Meow. The things act, out of work act, actors have to do for paychecks. Yeah, well, but like I said, it was just overpacked. So luckily, I was I was one of the first people to say, "Hey, you know those roped off DS games? Can I actually play them?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, sure." And that was the only reason why I got to play any game because I went in there as quickly as possible and I just stayed put. If I would have moved, I wouldn't have been able to play anything. Everything else was just crowded up. There's so many people there. It was a poorly planned event. Really, Nintendo poorly planned something. I'm shocked. Okay. No. I know, right? Like the Nintendo booth every year? Eh, I don't know. Okay, so screw Nintendo. Did you play RPGs from anyone else? Okay, so from Square Enix, uh, Deus Ex, Human Revolution. This was the iOS game I was uh, hinting at earlier when he said they had impressive iOS games. It was a new Deus Ex title. Oh, right. Yeah, on iPad, right? Yeah, what's wrong uh, with that? This isn't what I wanted. That's but what's it, wrong they're with not it. taking away from what you wanted. No, in this, Who's making this, this crap? If it's Eidos, they're taking away from what I want. No, they're not because it's a studio that's not even – it's an outside studio and two producers who weren't working on anything at Eidos anyway. Listen, I've played enough first-person shooters on iPad to know I don't want a first-person shooter on an iPad. It's not even – that's not even the – you're missing the see. That's what. Let me get to it, man. Okay. Let me get to it. All right, let me enlighten you. It's not a first. It's not a first person shooter. That's not the focus of the game. It really is uh, DSX and micro. Okay, is it about sneaking around, reading people's email on their computers? It not only is it that. It's also open world, and you walk around and talk to people, and we'll can get into their business. But can I? And I can read their email. Dude, it is literally Deus Ex Human Revolution. Listen, listen, Tiny, uh, Manny, no, the only thing I want to do is read people's read email. <laughs> and Chris, I'm telling you, if that's how you play Deus Ex Human Revolution, that's how you can play this game. Yes. It is literally a tiny Deus Ex on an iPad. All right. Then now I'm now I'm on board. <laughs> See, that's why I was so impressed with it initially is because they everything that they – every like tent pole in Deus Ex Human Revolution is here on the iPad version. The, the sneaking, the reading emails, the hacking – the going through vents, talking to people, 
Uh, all of it is just there. All right. Any terribly raci- racial um, <laughs> stereotype voices that you heard? Man, it was so weird. French Canadians really didn't get how offensive that would be, huh? No. <laughs> they no, really they didn't. did not. It's like – it's awkwardly offensive. Like, like you watch and you go, really in this game? Hmm. I... Hello, Captain. I need to help you get onto the train station because I'll oh, happen. I don't know. Something like that, right? It was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, the sad part is you didn't really capture it. But what you captured is just about as awkward as the real thing. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah it, it was. It, I, that's just in my brain. I just feel an exasperated woman going, we ain't got time for that. Yeah. Cat, <laughs> cat, we ain't got time for that. That's true. That's what it was. Okay. Hey, so. no, 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 no. This is a conversation that Chris and I have had. And, Scott, you got to back me up on this. The what? majority of American culture that we run into is not only your yogurt, which is the old joke that I used, but we, all of the majority of American culture we get is from your TV shows and from YouTube videos that are auto-tuned. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, all right. See? I'm surprised that all you guys can, got of, of, of black women are of caricatures from Gone with the Wind. That was a guy, <laughs> wasn't it? No, it was a woman. It was a woman? Okay. Hey, if I went off of the the typical media press showing of a per, of a black person in America, they would be asking for fright. You want to know secret, Anna? Black people aren't all that different in Canada. <laughs> yes, but this is an American black person. That makes them different, right? I don't know. The black people around here are all from Haiti, so they're kind of different. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Haitians, there are and, no I Haitians mean, in America. He lives in a, a, a city that is more than 50% non-Canadian. So if anybody's going to talk about the black population in Canada, he'd actually be a good representation. So maybe we should just judge them as individuals instead of these big stereotype characters? No. All yeah, right. but we're Canadians and we're making games for Americans. And if they can't relate to the characters, then they're not going to play the game, right? Believe me, the only person that can relate to that character died 20 years ago of old age. <laughs> wow. Okay. I give up. No, no, Manny, honestly, in, in, in all seriousness, so that we don't get hate mail, I totally agree with you. Yeah, no, it, 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 was, it was terrible and awkward and really offensive in a weird way. You know, the funny and, thing is, like, I, it was, like, it was offensive in a way that I didn't get angry at so much as, like, what the fuck? No, I wasn't angry either. I don't think any black person was angry. They were just confused. Like, really? Mammy? What you doing back here? <laughs> why, why are you making fun of my great grandma? I don't get this. Okay, okay, that was okay. Back long to E three, perhaps. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> so, Deus Ex on iPad. E3. We should withhold judgment because it might actually turn out to be what we want. Um, the shooting didn't seem. The shooting seemed a lot more slower paced. Like we were only dealing with like maybe two or three guys at a is time. It, is the shooting on rails, or am I actually having to walk around? You're walking around all of it, but you can uh, double tap on them to uh, double tap on the target and then shoot. Okay. And you can double tap to move as well. All right. Can I so, get like an augment that auto targets for me or something? Well, you know, to be said, like I said, I'm, I was impressed by what they managed to cram onto it and how good it looks, and that they're actually trying to tell a story, sort of augments and sort of adds to the universe and fiction. Like, I mean, don't get angry because this exists, because in no way takes away from the. The, the main, you know, the, the actual sequel that they're working on. Yeah. This is just a side story they can tell. Um, as far as the the dual joystick control, there's actual no sticks on there. Anywhere you touch, you can move around. You know, you know. Yeah. It seems like the best of that kind. If you're gonna go for dual joysticks, which you probably shouldn't, it's. I feel like maybe this is the best implementation they could use. 
Um, okay, so moving on, I saw played some Final Fantasy fourteen. I played it twice. I played it with a controller and I played with, on with mouse and keyboard. The controller was surprisingly well. But I think my problem with that game is is that there's so much going on and there's you know the, it's a Final Fantasy game. The spells are as flashy as they can be. So it's just kind of hard. It's easy to lose yourself in it. Yeah. So I, I just even I I kind of just with the with the controller just like know my thing. Hold R one, press triangle. Okay, it's back up. Press triangle again. Press square. Press X, and just hope that we won because it was just I couldn't tell at all. It was like a big boss battle. But but hey, if did, you want to play it on PS3, you totally can. Okay. Unfortunately, because my original account is registered under Canada, and for some reason Square Enix won't let me change my country, I may actually need to restart on PS3, which sucks. Because I have a nice legacy character. <laughs> it plays a bit better on 14. I mean, I mean, I mean not on 14. On PC. It plays definitely plays better, and I felt like a little easier to keep control of myself. Because, you know, you, I feel like you have less camera options when you're uh, on the console, right? As opposed to, like, the, really? the granular control of a mouse. And, you mm. know, you know. Mm. Yeah, I get you. And uh, it looks good. The character creation is very detailed. But in a weird way, in a very Japanese way, where everyone, no matter what character you make, always looks slightly Japanese. <laughs> Or at least a Japanese idea of what a Westerner looks like, which is fun. Um, what kind of character so did you make? It's impossible to create a non-Final Fantasy character. Well, let me just say my black guy just looked like he had a really dark tan. Okay. He was an so Okinawan who just really had a nice tan. <laughs> you played a Kogal, is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, okay, so I played the two HD remakes. FF, I mean, uh, Kingdom Hearts and FF10. Um, FF10 looks better in widescreen and HD, but there's still sort of like those low poly models, so it doesn't look that great. But surprisingly, so Kingdom Hearts looks fantastic. They uh, that sort of simplified and more exaggerated art style really lends itself well to the to the, to the upres version they did. It looks really good. Yay! Okay. No, surprisingly, it doesn't look like it was made that long ago. I mean, I, that's why I love the more exaggerated art styles. I mean, that's why Wind Waker looks so great on in HD, and that's why Kingdom Hearts is going to look good. So, that was a pleasant surprise. Uh, finally, played a little bit of Saints Row. It's awesome, of course. And No rim jobs this year. No, there were no rim jobs this year. Um, did they have the um, the crazy collector edition pre-order oh, stuff out? Gun? No. Yep. Oh. I think it's. I would like to see that person myself. I think is that is that all the screenings RPGs? Oh, and the director's cut. I saw a little bit of the director's cut, and I'm. As I was talking to the guy, one of the guys who worked on it, I was, you know, all the stuff he was talking about, all the improvements, the fine improvements, like uh, better graphics, uh, more options, more, uh, you know, better designed boss battles with uh, with more ways to actually kill the enemy, and just a lot of this stuff going on, and it was made me so sad because the Wii version was just felt so gimmicky. Take pictures of the environment around you to scan, zoom with the, it was just the worst stuff from like first generation DS games. So I'm really excited to hear that you know all those improvements are coming to Mac, PC, uh, Xbox, PS3, you name it. It's coming everywhere, so you don't have to For buy the forty nine ninety five. Exactly. Director's so. cut of what? Uh, Deus Ex. Oh, okay. Deus Ex Buy Me Again Edition is what I'm calling it because why? I don't know. What, what well, are these other? What are? Uh, sorry, I thought it was just 
updated inventory stuff for the Wii U. What what am I getting on the PC really? Um, better visuals apparently with okay. more display options and all this other stuff. Yeah, better boss battles. Okay. And you're gonna get all of the DLC included. Okay. But will the ending I, mean I, anything this time? You have to play the iPad. Have game. you played the no. DLC, Scott? Um, what missing link? Yeah. No, but I'm okay. not, I'm actually talking about the the, the four I, buttons. I, I know, <laughs> I know. You need to play Missing Link. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I will, uh, it, when I get around to playing it again, I will at least believe get it or link. not th- that matters. Okay. And I think I, I, will, I didn't I think, think it would. So I didn't bother. The way that you look at the ending, um, potentially. So you you should you should play that. It's also actually pretty good. So get All it right. on sale. Um, don't pay fifty bucks for it. Don't buy yeah. this new edition to get that DLC, though. <laughs> well, honestly, five years down the road when I've sold off most of my things for the Xbox 360 and this is on GOG for $3 for, you know, $7, I will probably buy that. I, well, I wouldn't. Well, sure. But I, I, I'm just saying if you if you're looking forward to a sequel, you should play Missing Link and and tell me what you think. And um, yeah, stuff. Anyway, stuff, stuff and things. So, OK, so that that's Square Enix. Finally. Finally. All right. How about Exodus? I'll move through some of the smaller ones faster. Okay. Yeah. Atlas, I didn't really spend much time at anything in Atlas because it's all either I had absolutely zero interest in it or it's coming out very soon, like the SMT4. I did talk to uh, Doi, Matsuyuki Doi, mm-hmm. the character artist on there. Oh. Jeez. Um, Where's. Oh, I should have got my notebook. Go get uh, your notebook. All right, all right. I'll give you quick little notes. Be yeah, right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Scott. Yeah. What what did he miss that you've had a chance to play that you should? Uh, the played? only thing I've had a chance to play that he missed was uh, I went to an E3 like a post E3 event run by Nintendo where they were showing off all the things they had at E3 again, mm-hmm. and uh, I got to play. I actually did get to play um, Legend of Zelda: Link Between Worlds. Okay. And I like I, I just booted up the overworld, and immediately like. Immediately, I was like, I was eight again. It's like, yes, that this is Hyrule as I remember on my Super Nintendo. Even though it looks a little different, like it looks like it looks newer and there is 3D, but it's still very recognizably that Hyrule. Like, I immediately left Link's house and went north and got lost in the ruins I always got lost in. <laughs> And and they had a bunch of different weapons, uh, you know, a bunch of stuff already unlocked that, that, you know, you could play with. So I got to try the new hammer thing, which was cool. But swinging the hammer feels awesome. Okay, what about going on the walls? Does that thing feel super gimmicky and dumb, or is it good? Well, it you know what? It is a different... It's a very interesting idea for for how they're generating puzzles. Okay. Like, so in the dungeons using it to do puzzles and little, like, almost, like, pseudo-platforming sections where you'll have a moving platform that's about to hit a wall and you have to fuse to it and then walk around mm-hmm. is kind of neat. Like, in the overworld, it doesn't do much except get you to, like, high up ledges where you can find more rupees, which I don't know what you're going to spend rupees on because you don't have to buy ammo for anything. Wait, so hmm. once you have bombs, you have bombs, and so once you have arrows, you have arrows? Uh, like you have this like sort of a mana bar in the corner Ooh. and everything and everything you do drains that. So like swinging the big hammer took out a quarter of it. 
you know, arrows took out like teeny tiny bits. And I'm not sure if there's going to be like upgrades for that bar, its recharge rate or well, its size. Or... I mean, you're going to need to get cursed again. Oh, yeah. But it's still like I'm, I'm not sure what like I'm not totally sure what the point of treasure hunting is if that there's nothing to spend your treasure on. Like I'm not going to find arrows in a box. I, I don't know what the dynamic's going to be with that. I can hear Manny flipping through his notes. You know, it's funny. As I look through this, we've already <laughs> talked. To, we already talked about more than half the stuff in my notes. And I had wall-to-wall appointments. This is a really sad E3. <laughs> We're basically done. <laughs> okay, so you so was there anything fire, you played yeah. at Atlas? Uh, no, not really. Doi okay. took up my, most of my time. That was cool. Did you do like a full interview? I haven't had a um, chance yeah. to work with this site. It, it seems like they didn't they didn't realize that they offered us an interview because it seemed kind of a haphazard. Like, okay, I'm going to make this happen. Uh, go in this room with him. Talk. And I'm like, oh. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's make this quick. Did you, just, um, mm-hmm. did you see they had an SMT4 unboxing video? Uh, no, I did not. And it stars the new guy, which they introduce him and they put up his name on the screen and underneath it, it says, not a ROM. However, well, he big. did. He's out with a... Jay Leno now, Aram. Not Jay Leno, uh, Conan O'Brien. I was gonna say, what? Conan's cooler than Leno, anyhow. Um, but yeah, in the unboxing video, he sniffed the box. Which is I'm something sure that Aram like started and had, and, and so when he sniffed the box, they put it on the screen, actually required in his contract. Yes. <laughs> was good. But yes, um, so where else did you go after Atlas? XC? Um, Exceed, yeah. Uh, Rune Factory 4 was there. Valhalla Knights, Ragnarok Odyssey Ace. Um, yeah, I think those were oh, an E on Vita. Hmm. Is that Celtishia or whatever it is? Celsetta? Thank you. Yes, I think so. So tell us about them. Um, you're going to have to ask me some questions specifically. Okay. Did you play them? Yes, briefly, but unfortunately all of that's on my, on my phone recorded. Oh. Oh, I could just okay. play the recording back to you. <laughs> you know, I think we need an RP gamer interviewed dump truck. <laughs> I wish, Chris, if you had a dump truck, I you wouldn't believe some of the great stuff I have. I could, I could give you twelve hours of content right I, now. I'm seriously considering. I, I'm going to talk to Mac. We're going to see if we can do it. All right. You know what? I have the, the Doi interview is great in there. Yeah. there it's like candid and real. Uh, my, my, I did an interview with uh, Jess from Xseed, and she gives me a great lowdown of everything, and it's. Crystal clear, you can hear everything. I'm very good at that microphone. I, I got to figure out some some way of making it so that people go to the site to listen to it, or at <laughs> least hit the site and get some ad views, rather than just have it be another feed. Because you know, otherwise we are forced to transcribe our interviews, and then people actually we get page views out of it. That's unfortunately we we need to do. I'm that. telling you, dude. I, I have some great stuff in there. Like, yeah. Even stuff I would throw in as like the awkward. I even recorded the awkward Mario thing I was talking about earlier. So Hello, what? princess. How are you doing? Okay. Oh my so, goodness! I mean, you could. I mean, we're gonna talk we about could, that. We're um, gonna figure that out. We, we could dump them, like do dump the audio files onto like a video and put it on YouTube, and then cross post the YouTube stuff to the site. We could do lots of stuff. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, we'll, we'll do a powwow next week. Yeah, we need to. We, we'll we'll have some discussions and figure this out. Yeah, I even got like the Dragon Fantasy guys. All right, tell me about your game. Give me the pitch. Go. 
Like, Dragon <laughs> Fantasy Book 2. It's a game where it's cool. We got this. We got this going on. It's great. Dragon Fantasy Book 2. Look for it this summer. All right, man. And I don't know if we've announced this yet, but we got, we're looking into cross-buy and this and that. It's good, looking great. I'm like, oh, great, man. Great to hear that. Great. Tell me about your game a little bit more. Well, that's everything there is to know about the game. Okay, great. See you later. <laughs> Well, I guess we yeah, don't need to Yeah, that sounds like Adam. The funny yeah. thing is, is um, in the next two weeks, we're actually going to announce stuff that we thought we were going to have to cut, but we brought two new staff members in, so we're actually not cutting them. Great. Yep. So I'm I'm really excited to start announcing that stuff, and I wish I could announce something now, but... Oh, hi. Hey, I know something we can announce. Biggs and Wedge are returning. Yay. Biggs and Wedge never left. They live in my heart. And also oh, my copy oh, oh. of Other Sons of Tatooine, the okay. omnibus of Star Wars comics. They, they were also they were skeletons in the first game, and you kind of kill them. So, no, no, oh. no, no, no! You can't kill a skeleton. Okay. Unfortunately, Biggs and Wedge cannot tell you when the release date of the game is because they don't have pockets to keep it in. Oh, all right. All right, uh, I can give you a quick rundown of the uh, X Zero member. Okay, right, yeah, Rune yeah. Factory Four. That's a 3DS game, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time you can play as a girl, I think. No. No. Then I don't know anything about this interview. Exceed X. Okay. Axis. I saw Axis. Oh, well, what are they up to? <sighs> it was it was one of these interviews. It was uh let me show you the CG trailer for like thirty seconds and I'll tell you about what's going on. Thank you for coming. Oh boy. Oh, what did they show you? Was it an uh, apparently they're actually getting into the development business. This is their first game that they're working really? on with the, the company. Yeah, it's called Magus. It's a PS3 action RPG coming this year. Uh, apparently, you play some guy who absorbs different colors, and each color has a corresponding, you know, set of spells. Uh, it's third-person action RPG. You have a companion, the two kingdoms who are fighting water and fire, trying to become a powerful mage. Why is he not showing me any gameplay? Oh, sorry. I just- <laughs> <laughs> Just read my notes directly. <laughs> the notes. Wait, that's in your notes? Do you ought to take a picture of that and put it on the forums after yeah, when we can... get a when we get a thread up for this show? All right. Um, basically, all I know is um, Black Tower Eastern and Western Company. I mean, okay, so yeah, they're working with a a West uh, first ever co-developed IP. Time for them to take a risk and develop their own game. I don't know. Some of their stuff that they've had is pretty risky. <laughs> oh, wait, that's risque, isn't it? Oh, it, it's uh-huh. a different kind of risk. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's really literally all they got out of that interview. Uh, Dark Souls 2. Dude, it is not simplified. It is the same Dark Souls you remember. If you rush, you will get killed. As a matter of fact, only one person is beating the boss in this demo. And if you beat the boss, I'll give you a shirt. So let me know. Come find me after you play the demo. Come find me and let me know if you beat him. Show me and I'll give you a shirt. How do you show him if you won? Is there like a question? Well, first of all, your screen screen does not say um, you are dead. And second of all, it might say something like you have defeated or I don't know. It should be able to... Usually when you beat a boss, you can move forward in an area or something, so... You could demonstrate it. No, it was just a demo. It was just, you know, if you if they're telling the this is what they're telling to us, saying to us, if okay. we can beat it. All right. Did all anyone right. beat it? One person. In your group? No, out of all of E three. Okay. Just one dude. You, you, of course, you went at, n- at nine a.m. on the first day. 
No, it was like know. the second day in the afternoon. Mm. Well, they they posted this after E3 on the Facebook page. Honestly, I did see, I, you know, I saw some video of what they were showing there, and it looks like the same old Dark Souls. So, that's, yeah, that's there's promising. a new there's a new like dedicated dual wielding class. Yep, yep. Um, there's not much I can say. Wow, I I thought E3 was bad before, but now that I'm actually looking through these notes, it's like, what, the, what did I even see? There's only two pages here, and one of them was my. Takeout order. <laughs> okay, so let me just talk about the things that actually impressed me the most then, because there were only three things that I actually saw and actually wanted to Wait, see more about. Did you go to Natsume? Yeah, no. he he dis- he discussed Natsume. No, I didn't, didn't actually get to go though, because I I took other appointments that looked more promised that, or looked like they were going to be big stuff, and then when we got there, there was nothing. Like, so the no Doi interview actually took a long stuff. time because it was so haphazard. Manny, you just Manny I want you to listen. That's Anna's heart breaking. You can hear it right now. Yeah. It's okay. Unless you, honestly, unless you were able to get Adam, you probably wouldn't have a, have had a good experience. Oh, harsh. <laughs> uh, I told you enough. that they were critically understaffed. Okay. I wasn't kidding. <laughs> Oh, I saw. Apparently, I saw uh, a new free-to-play MMO called Tri- from Tryon called Archage. Yeah, we've been hearing a bunch about that. Yeah, it's what's... apparently getting some pretty good buzz. Well, it's a, like a, it's a game that's not about the grind. Oh, what, is about, <laughs> what, what is it about? I think it's just about like just. Then? It's about uh, building like sort of I don't know like uh, building up like what's well, more about economies like. You can buy property, build a house, you you can farm, you can actually harvest the wood to build your house in the way you want. You can team up with a bunch of people and make wait, guilds. Wait, so you're telling me someone's actually making a sandbox MMO that isn't CCP? It sounds like it. Like, like you get together Madness. with your guild and build a ship. Wait, wait, like, hold on. You have to build the ship and you can sail. How does the and economy work? That I do not know. Okay, because that, that, that's your big dis- deciding factor, whether this thing is truly sandbox. All right. But it's all, for them, it's all about the customization. You can be a pirate if you want to and pillage other people. But eventually, uh, if you're going to get caught and you're going to be brought forth before a jury of your peers who will decide your fate. <laughs> and then eventually, if you keep on being a pirate, you'll get exiled, exiled to Pirate Island where you'll be forced to live. And the only way to get more resources to, resources is to go back out on a ship and then go pillage other players to get more resources every now and then. Man, I do not want to play an MMO where I have to do jury duty. <laughs> <laughs> I actually kind of do, just because we need to do something new in MMOs, and it's got to either be more... jury duty, is it? it? I, well, we need... Someone needs to explore making the world more dynamic, more real, more meaningful, and like the stuff that isn't a boss battle means something, rather than just, you know, NPCA walks down the street, and then comes back and says, oh, man, sweeping is really hard today. You need something a little bit more depthful, in the, like a real world? Oh, that's, that's where well, I think MMOs are going next. saying, this man destroyed the ship. Well, it's something. 300 people spent all weekend. Yeah, but what if, what if it's jury duty for people by people nominated as having caused crimes by other players in-game? You know, and, and like you're having a trial of your fellow players and the jury is all fellow players and like you need to defend yourself or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's what they sound like. Something different. It's interesting that's, though. It's definitely different. Mm. Let's see how it works. I don't know. Uh, all right. Uh, I, I played a little. Speaking of MMOs, I checked out a little bit of Elder Scrolls Online. That's an MMO. 
Mm. <laughs> that's all there is to it. Really? Yeah. That's all you have to say about ESO is it's an MMO? Nothing new? Okay, nothing fine, di- fine. It's fine, so different than it looked last time, isn't it? I wrote an impression. It's on okay. the thing. Right. Okay, so the combat is action combat. It's interesting. It's, it's dynamic. I like the sort of cin- cinematic take on when you actually talk to villagers, a lot of them are voiced. And it's not just like a little box of text on the wall. It zooms in on them and they give you their spiel. And so you can skip through if you want to. Um, but like at the end of the demo, I was literally searching through crates to find hidden assassins in boxes. You know, if, if that doesn't reek of a World of Warcraft quest, I don't know what does. Uh, maybe that's not so great. Well, but hey, it's it's another big MMO that's coming to consoles and PC Mac. I mean, can you name any others? I mean, if you're sick of WoW, hey, well, maybe you're sick of WoW for gameplay reasons, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, hey. I, ooh, I don't know what's going on with MMOs now, honestly. It's like, there's WoW if you're still enjoying that. And if you're not, there's a bunch of other games that are kind of like WoW, but not. And then you can go in there and talk about how bad WoW is in the chat rooms there. And then there's Final Fantasy XIV, which I would normally say is your alternative that will feel really more Eastern in design. But except fourteen feels now like WoW, so I guess you got to go back and play eleven if you want that. And then there's Eve, which is its own thing entirely. Well, apparently they actually have people working on uh, World of Darkness again. <laughs> What's that again? That is uh, that. That's uh, CCP's vampire MMO. Oh, is that they're actually going to do something? Like again, they well they laid off half the team a okay. while back yeah. because of difficulties, and then now it's back up to like seventy dudes. They, they showed off some stuff at uh, FanFest this year. Okay. Hmm. All right. Finally, the last two games. Oh, there's three games. These are the probably my top three RPGs of the show, and I didn't get to play a single one of them. <laughs> that's E3 you actually asked me what games I actually got to play wait wait I well, didn't... why didn't you get to play any of those because they were not playable hmm. oh right yeah I'm actually thinking like for a site like us this was a bad year the actual yeah. play like you could probably say like the best playable RPG on the show floor was probably I don't know SMT4 or maybe Elder Scrolls Online but they're so close to completion or you could play the beta or do you know, you know, what, you know what I mean there's gonna be a demo up soon enough so it kind of feels like what was the point? So the only th- and the games I actually did see are so far away. Okay, so number th- I don't know in no particular order. I saw got to see South Park in motion. South Park the the Obsidian RPG Stick of Truth. Mm-hmm. It looks just like the cartoon, but you didn't it looks play as it? crappy as the cartoon oh, does. Yeah, no, no, that's the, but the cartoon is perfectly crappy. Right. So you know that's sort of you know. Well, I guess that's why it's been taking so long is to make it look like the cartoon, right? And it does spot yeah. on. So that's good. And it isn't. And it is like um, sort of like Paper Mario, like uh, Mario and Luigi Paper Mario sort of battles, you know, with like sort of quick actions to improve your to do stuff. But also has like a bit of a sort of action adventure kind of feel, like a point and click adventure. Mm-hmm. So you're sort of clicking on stuff to move around the environment. It's moving in and out of the foreground. Like, oh, if I go up this pipe, I can stick around these guys and I don't have to fight them. That kind of thing. But the humor spot on, if you like that kind of thing. The animations spot on. Lots of player choice. Uh, your, the menu screen is a Facebook page. So you get to see. And as you get more Facebook friends, you get more powerful. Hmm. So it's pretty, you know, it's, if, if you like South Park even a little bit, 
this will this will hit sort of home for you. And even if you don't, I think there's still enough. If you could stand a little bit of juvenile humor, but sort of clever juvenile humor, and it's, it's still probably the biggest budget RPG that's coming out on consoles this fall. And it looks like it actually has the RPG stuff there. So that looks fun. That was cool. Right on. Except during the demo, <laughs> it was so bad. There was a guy, they packed this in there, and there was a guy on the floor who was like, I don't know, GameStop employee number 5,000. And he was just going, no way. What? No way. It looks just like the cartoon. Dude, I am freak. It looks like the cartoon. No way. Who was he talking to? Himself. Oh, boy. GameStop employee number 5,007. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have stories to tell you about the press conferences if you guys, a li- little later after this. If you guys oh, want to man. Oh, I got sh- some good ones. Why can't we yeah, have them on the show? Why can't we have them on the show? No, I mean, after this, I'll tell you. Oh, well, aren't we done with this? Oh, just two more games. Oh. Last two games. What are they? Okay, The Witcher 3 yeah. looks amazing, of course. Did you play it? <laughs> yeah, no, right. of course not. All right. I don't I think, think it'll be playable. I, don't think I know it wasn't. Was That's my stores. point. It's, it's never playable. Chris, wait. You went to a Witcher demo once. Even that wasn't playable? No, actually, they wouldn't let us play it. <laughs> so there you go. CD Projekt Red never has playable demos at E3. I think it does for some people sometimes, maybe, well, but not us. For what it's worth, I mean, when they first announced the Xbox One, they couldn't even develop for it, despite the fact that they were going to put their game out because know, they couldn't get an Xbox One that worked in their country. <laughs> okay, so The Witcher, um, it's open. It's everything you liked about The Witcher 2, but more open, more free form. Um, unfortunately, the. De- <laughs> This was a common theme. The demo broke at the end, so you didn't see the end of the demo. Ooh. But uh, yeah, a lot of buggy demos this year. A lot of stuff was breaking. But it looks great. You know, you sail, dynamic weather, dynamic events. It looks better than ever. Combat, they say, what did he tell me? Uh, talked to one of the producers. He said the combat's been improved. It's a little bit more. Let me see the exact wording. What was his exact words? I don't know. Let me look it up. Okay, mm-hmm. alchemy, potion effects, combat exploration, jumping. Oh, you can actually jump now? <laughs> that was a complaint that people had. That <laughs> Geralt couldn't just jump whenever he wanted to. So now you can. So there, yeah, It never seems saying, like jumping was necessary. But now you can. Freedom. I will now, Geralt, the greatest witcher of the lands, will now bunny hop across uh, the blighted, not Eastern Europe that he inhabits. Well, listen, he met a chick, and she says, I'm only into dudes who jump, and therefore <laughs> he had to, you know, he had to do what he had to do. So, yeah, will... honestly, it just sounds like the witcher, too, but better and more expanded in every single way. Um, I don't know if you saw the demo, anything about the, heard anything about the demo, but it was like, you, you roll up onto this town... That's it's a complete side quest, and some people are saying you need to kill this monster in the forest. It's killing all of our young men, and the elders are saying don't kill him. This spirit makes us tough and strong, and it gives us warriors. We need to honor it. And then you have a choice: do you go along with it, don't you? And it's not always clear cut what happens. So this is the part that broke for me. So you know they went to the whole thing. You use your Witcher vision. You you hunt it out. You get gather info and clues about it. That part we got to see. I got to see. You know, you sort of figure out what it is. Like, oh, it's a lechi, or I need to kill the lechi, I need to do this, this, and this. You know, sort of like little detective story. And then once you finally get up to it, you decide to kill it, but he just stood still. Made me sad. But apparently the giant bomb people got to finish the demo. So what happens is if you kill it, you find out later that the lechi actually was making 
tough warriors out of this town so then other other tribes come later and burn it down to the ground so that's one of the act you know yeah actions have consequences blah 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 i'm rushing through because i didn't actually see that part so i I can't comment on it firsthand but the sailing looks cool i I just love the little dinky little boat and those big waves oh and finally anyone remember thomas gop from cd project red he left no what's your What's the Witcher team to go work on a game with C? Work on something with CI Games called that Lords sounds of familiar the to me. Yeah, Lords of the Fallen. Oh yeah, that thing. I've heard it described as the, what Germans would if Germans were making Dark Souls. This is what it would look like. So, so it, it, some more Hasselhoff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every time you die, Hasselhoff sings you a ballad. <laughs> It looked interesting, like like legitimately looked interesting. It had some really cool tech going on. It, they're not using like Unreal Engine UE4 or anything like that. They're using their own engine, but it looked like a UE4 demo with all the particle effects. It looked pretty nice, and it's still really early in development. It's like what they were showing was pre-alpha. And this is, I think, this is the one game that maybe not a lot of people got to see because it wasn't on the show floor. It wasn't taking a lot. Of, they didn't have a lot of demos, and it was one of these games where I think a lot of people would ignore it because it's Eastern European. So actually, this is actually what I actually do want to talk about a bit because what they show sound interesting. The game is you you play a fixed character and you sort of you sort of move fluidly through different classes because your class is determined by the weapon you have. So if you have a, a mace, you're like a cleric, and you have these cleric ability. If you're uh, if you have these short swords, you're more of a rogue, and if you have like a long sword, you're a warrior. And the way they described it is. They, they they described it at the game as like a one part Borderlands, one part Dark Souls. Uh, he had a really good way of saying it. And one part... I lost it. But the, and the Borderlands comes from the sense that each each class, when you're in it, sort of has a distinct ability. Sort of like, sort of like rolling, dropping down the turret. So as, if you're as the, as the warrior, your ability is to sort of rage mode. Where you do a lot more damage, but you take, but you you know you potentially can get more damage done dealt to you. As the paladin, I think you send out a you send out a, jeez, I lost it. I think you send out a decoy, and as the rogue, you can stop time for a minute and warp, get behind the person and backstab them. And all of the combat in this action, it's a well, I guess I should have mentioned it's an action RPG, right? Well, I guess that was implied when I said Dark Souls, <laughs> but like. Every every combat scenario is more like a duel. It's like a one-on-one duel between you and an enemy. So like every combat scenario you get into is maybe, maybe at the most like a, a really tough fight will be like you against like four guys. And that's like, oh crap, this is a big deal. So, you know, it's a lot of rolling, getting out of the way of, a, of an attack, getting behind the guy or like parrying an attack, blocking at the right moment. So it seems like every enemy can stand toe-to-toe with you. And, you know, typical stuff, you progress, you level up. But you know, they're sort of describing linear chapter structure, but there's some flexibility what happens in between. So like with like maybe like what they call it a diamond structure. Story still comes back to a point at the end, but you have some flexibility of how you get there. But it seems like if they can get the combat down, like really make each combat each dueling combat encounter really tight and really fun and engaging, it could be a pretty solid action RPG and definitely a different take on Dark Souls. Because it seemed less so about being punishing and more so it sort of remind me in a weird way of uh Infinity Blade, but like in, just, you know, it's all about the duel. It's all about you and this other guy 
how can you take them on? If they can really make each one of those encounters fun, but still give you a good sense of progression and getting stronger, maybe it gets a little easier to take on five guys and it's not that big of a deal. But it looked interesting. I mean, it's still very early on. Uh, I have to go through my interview with that one because they said some interesting things, well, what their approach was. And it, oh, this one is decidedly only next-gen and you know high-end PC. So... Oh, that's what they called it. They said Tekken. They didn't describe the Dark Souls. Like Tekken meets Dark Souls meets Borderlands. So they really want to be that kind of Tekken parry system, like sidestep a guy right at the right time to miss his sword, and then you strike him. And then, you know, use your, your ability quickly, like in Borderlands, to get the advantage. And then, you know, it's all tough and brutal. It's it's gonna it's a little dirty and, and uh, grimy, and it's going to, you know, it's going to punish you if you're not good. So that was interesting, and I didn't hear a lot of people actually talking about Lords of the Fallen. So there you go. Those are my three games of the show. South Park, Lords of the Fallen, and uh, Witcher 2. Witcher 3. And the funny thing is, Lords of the Fallen, I didn't even think it looked like amazing. It didn't blow my mind. It just looked interesting. And there weren't enough games at the show that just looked interesting and you want to see more of and just learn about it. Okay. Okay. Next topic. Yes. <laughs> we have those. Or are we just calling it? Is this the story time with Manny? Um, well, I like the story time with Manny, but uh, I want to hear about these uh, press conference stories. Oh, all right. Really all right, quick. Continue with story time with Manny. Yeah. All right, why not? If you guys are, I'm just saying. I, okay, so back to the thing. I think if you guys would have come with me, we would have split our appointments in half, even further so, I mean more so. Okay. And then... I think maybe we would have took on Natsume as the, the only extra one that I had to uh, skip because we're just full up. And then I just think it would have been a bad show. I think you and I would have had like maybe one interesting game a piece, maybe, if we got divided up properly. And then it'd be like, imagine if Michael was there too. Five of us. I, I, don't, I just don't think there was enough to divide among us. I don't think it would have been a good show. Okay. You guys made the right choice because I, I was in DC. I was in DC like on Friday, and it was fun. It was great. <laughs> so, but tell us your press conference stories. Okay, so, uh, so Microsoft press conference. I was. It was interesting. I was there. Uh, I think I was. I was sitting behind Hip Hop Gamer. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, so after Battlefield Four, after the little fiasco, like I don't know if you guys got this from the live feed, but it was embarrassing when the dragon. You know, you know the dragon crown. What was it? The Pen's Dragoon game. Mm-hmm. Crimson Dragon, is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay, so right. we were all laughing, laughing, and laughing. Everybody was laughing in the audience. I'm sure they muted us. And then people started making sound effects to go along with the video. So you'd be people going, like, whenever the dragon would, like, come up on the screen and sort of do a roar, you'd be them going, Ca-ca, ca-ca. <laughs> <laughs> Or you're like, so it was, was anyone singing Trogdor? <laughs> pretty much. It was, it was hilarious because... It was clearly really embarrassing, and we're just making everyone was just having a good time with it. After Battlefield Four thing, where the guy was just like, "One moment, wait, please, wait, one moment," but they muted the audience. I saw some later video, but everyone yeah. was like, "Oh no!" Oh, yeah, oh. no. Both of these that you're talking about, we didn't hear any of it on the live yeah, stream. Yeah, they they killed a the lot audience. of audio during that press conference, we presumably because you guys were being jerks. Going, like, oh, I can't believe it. This is embarrassing. <laughs> So did they mute the audience during the um, rape joke at where was that? 
No, I they, missed it. Nobody I, noticed the the rape joke when it happened. At E3, I don't think anyone actually in the audience actually noticed it because it went by so quickly. It is. It was hard to. You have to think about it to really understand it as a rape joke. I Not think. only that, he said it kind of mumbled. I think yeah. from our audio, it was a little bit mumbled, so I didn't even really notice it. I was I was looking at the thing and like I barely even, even hear it. Even you didn't believe it was a rape joke, Anna. Yeah, I mean, I passed over it at first. Chris turned to me and goes. Was that what I think it no, was? No, Twitter is who alerted me, and even when I oh, told it to okay. you again, you're like, "That's not really." I I don't know. I'm I'm sort of ambivalent about it. I don't think that they For, thought it. We should th- tell people what it is, shouldn't we? Well, yeah, oh, I, I, they, she was playing with. It was, I was during Killer Instinct. Yeah, uh, I, I think the guy who was playing with like a marketing lady or whatever said, "Just sit back and take it. It'll be over soon." Yeah, just relax just and let it happen. Over soon. Just relax and let yeah. it happen. It'll all be over soon. Yeah, which, nobody laughed. Because I mean, the fighting no, game is not. Well, it wasn't no, funny. Community and the, is not known for misogyny at all. No, but, not at all. And you know, no. it's Killer Instinct, so nobody cared. No, the funny thing, like my reaction to the audience is that moment sort of just went all all over our heads because we were all looking at the screen. There was no like oh or ha ha ha. It was more like just people trying to hear if anything going on or just looking at the screen. It was dead. It it mm-hmm. was like that thing fell flatter than a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. So then when we walked out of there and people started saying that, I'm like, oh, huh, I guess he did say that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what we. <laughs> that's what we. That that's the reaction from the audience. Oh, but during the Battlefield 4 thing, after it actually went up. So, sitting behind hip hop game, sitting in front of the hip hop gamers, an experience. Because every now and then, you just hear this from behind you. And, his, and he, he was with his crew and his posse. So, every now and then, you just hear, oh, yeah, that was hot. Yeah, that was hot. <laughs> oh, that was hot right there. Yeah, that was hot. Yeah, that was, oh, that was hot. You see that? That was really, that was really hot. And, like, and people look around, like, what the hell's going Did on? Did he say for shizzle? No, no, no. Just that no one happened. actually in hip hop says Boshevizel anymore. Oh. Okay, but at the Aww. end, of at the end, kind of Bonix is failing me. <laughs> and uh, Bonix, you're from Vancouver. Exist. You're never gonna manage. You're, you're never gonna be that level of cool. Just, just don't try. Ebonics, oh my goodness. Anyway, what were you saying, Manny? <laughs> so okay, so at the end of the battlefield for them, hip hop gamer stands up and he goes. And he starts bowing to the screen. He goes like, oh, that was hot. He just starts bowing. And everyone looks around and like, what? It was a little awkward. It was a little awkward. But it was funny all the time. He was into it. I don't know. I'm not going to begrudge him. But it was just a little It was just a little distracting to say the least. Okay, so the Sony event was, um, it was weird. It was really weird. I was sitting right near the front in like the center like, you know, where the crowd was erupting and you saw those shots from down there? I was next to the camera guy who was taking those shots. So I was sort of enveloped by the by the indie people. And it was interesting, though, because I was a little – I was like, I think I was just one row in front of it enough that I was like, hmm, can you believe this? Unbelievable. Did they just announce that we're going to have to pay for games? But of course not. The people behind us, who Jeff Gersman was sitting next to, who he was freaking out, they were people in Kingdom Hearts. So they're cheering for like the next like five straight minutes. And then they go, what? DRM free. And then they stand up and they're chan- chanting. They're, they're clapping. They're just, you know, they're standing on their seats. What? No. Of course, that was mainly hip hop gamer again. And his entourage, which no one ever noticed. I was the only one who knows because I saw his belt. So, you know, just people freaking out. And they made, it was like the perfect play. Kingdom Hearts, no DRM, use games. By the way, we're charging for games. Yeah, you're charging for games. Woo! It was perfect. It was a masterstroke. 
Oh, for online play, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Charging, charging to play for online. Game. I hope they're charging for games, but... <laughs> no, I mean, charging to play online, yeah, it was, it was Masterstroke. That's how you do that. That's how you get people to sit to cheer at you charging you know, them more than the year he, before. Here's the thing that may sound funny at Inception. I'm actually kind of okay and almost excited with the idea of having to play, of having to pay playstation plus to play online they're games more accountable for making a better service yeah bang and on both like all of the above and I'm even not, if you don't play online you're still getting a pile of free stuff i yeah. really like um playstation plus so i'm okay uh, with it know, too. in that sense anna you're absolutely right if, if they've if they have a service that is lackluster that that goes down that doesn't give you the features of xbox live and they're still charging 50 dollars, no one's going to stand for it so, absolutely. If it makes a better service, I don't have a problem paying for a better service. If they actually provide me with a good service. But it was still interesting, though, to have actually people cheering, but, but sneak it in right under. But, you know, the crowd... I don't think as many people are cheering as, the, as we let on in, like, later things. I really do think it was, like, this little center crew and, and other people in the back were just, like, sort of clapping loudly. But it, 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 was, it, was, it was interesting. It was fun. I don't think I saw as many things. I was I wasn't as impressed with the Sony conference as a lot of people were. Like I, I ran into uh, uh, Glenn from PSN Nation. Yeah. PlayStation Nation. Yeah. PS yeah, Nation. Yes. Yep. Or dot and com though. Like, I guess he was happy. He had a big smile on his face. He he, he saw me, pat me on the shoulders. Like I was like the best press conference I've ever seen. That was the best conference I've ever been to. It was fantastic. It was a good one. Uh that's it's weird though. I. I when he said that, I thought we were in like a, I was in a different time and a different like dimension because that was not the I was not that impressed at all by anything I saw. So here's the thing. Well, I think they just showed up and were like, hey, status quo. We like it. We, Kingdom I, Hearts. I think secretly a lot of people were very worried about this generation, where it was going to go, especially with the rumors coming out of Microsoft. <laughs> and after that Microsoft press conference, it was like, oh, dear. Because the concern oh was is that, well, if Microsoft's doing it, Sony has to follow, was the mentality of, I think, a lot of the journalists well, going into that con. Actually, it was more that there's no way Microsoft's doing it if they know that Sony isn't. And, and it turns out, yeah, they true. were. <laughs> and it turned out to be true because uh, Sony looked at their, I mean, ex- Microsoft looked at their pre-orders. They looked at it, well, if they're not doing Just it, they'll Every social networking order. outlet... <laughs> Their yeah, emails, so, but it was more. Like, yeah, but they look. Well, look at our pre-orders, and they're not appeasing publishers the way we try. Forget it. <laughs> Forget it. And anyway, so when when Sony comes out and has a decent showing of games, which it's nice to see actual games that are interesting, and then more importantly, says no, we're not doing any of this baloney that you guys are worried about us doing. Um, it it just it feels like such a relief that I think it it amped up the the emotion of everybody. And apparently everybody was cheering in there. Now, can you can you speak to no, that? No, like I just said like a minute ago, it was just this little center section. You really think it was just the center section? Okay. No, where I was, like the people were visibly on their, uh, standing up and yeah. cheering was like a few people in the center section where I was because I could turn around and actually literally see them. And in the back rows, there was it wasn't that crazy where literally the entire auditorium stood up from their seats and praised, you know what I mean, and, and threw laurels at the state. It wasn't anything like that. It wasn't that dramatic. Okay. I'm not saying the people in the back weren't clap. People in the back weren't clapping and cheering. They were totally, and they were totally. But it wasn't like the uh, everyone on their feet. Jack Trenton, we love you. Panties on the stage. It wasn't that crazy. All right. 
Man, I would have been sad if we had missed panties on the stage. No kidding. Yeah. But it was just, I think the experience I had was that, like, I was watching, okay, great, I'm watching Assassin's Creed again, like, the fifth time on the stage demo. Oh, and it's broken. <laughs> and, and it, oh, watch it, the last of, I mean, Watch Dogs for, my, for the sixth E3 presentation. Great. And where are the, you know, where are the PS4 exclusive games? Oh, those three that they already showed us. And only one of those actually looks really good, which was uh, infamous, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Which I, looked like more infamous, but with fire. Unfo- yeah, like even if it looks better, it's still infamous. So like my impression was, I'm I'm waiting for them to bring the exclusives. You know, like I, I you can say one thing about Xbox is that they said, hey, we're going to show you exclusive uh, next gen titles, and we're going to show you a lot of them, and they did. So I was expecting something like that here, and it seems like it was more about they were more focused on dropping mics than showing games. Well, unless you count indie games, but then I felt like, well, I can play those indie games anywhere though. So I don't know. Wait, the indie games that were shown on stage, yeah, are gonna be like Dragon Fantasy, where it's like, yeah, they were released somewhere else, but there's going to be a better version out on the PlayStation. Well, I hope that's not the case because they, I think they, that sucks though. If says that they're all they're all gonna be best on PlayStation, why does that suck? Because they they have a huge indie game community that's on PC and Mac and Linux that's been supporting them for a long time. Right. Yeah, but those improvements are also going to go back to the PC version eventually. Then not necessarily best, but just good. As good as the other versions, right? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Octodad is going to have improved controls and controller support, and it's going to have, like, I think an extra chapter worth of stuff. And all of that, I think, except for controller support, I believe, is all going to make it back into the PC version. It's just not going to be right away. And that, for me, I think that's great. So, I, I Yeah, mean, so it's, it's this thing of if you have purchased the game already... You're not gonna get hooped. It's not like you have to buy the PS3 version. Okay, if that, you're patient, you will eventually get that content. Or you can play, pay for it on the PlayStation for the people who like controllers or want to have cross buy, cross play, and take it on their Vita. You can't take your PC to go in your pocket. I mean, I think that's what's the strength of these indie games is that they're so flexible. They anyone can play them just about anywhere, and they can really cater to your needs. So. So in my sense, I don't I don't play a lot of download games, so I felt like, well, I can just get those anywhere. I can get that experience anywhere. So I guess as far as the PS thing, PS4 really blowing me away. I was more like, I'm happy that the hardware is staying the same, but game wise, I wasn't blown away at all. Yeah, well, I'm I'm still sitting here going like, well, Sam's gonna buy a PS4 no matter what, and I'm gonna spend half as much on a new power supply and graphics card, and we'll both be happy. It's true. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Wait, half as much. So you're not going to have a very good graphics card. Uh, I only need well again if all all I need to do is basically match the consoles to really manage at least for a couple of years. So right. I yeah. only need to match an AMD seven nine ninety, which is what two hundred bucks. And he's right because most of these games are still you know they're still developed with the lowest common denominator in mind. You know because they're split in titles, so they're not going to be so outlandish if you still have to make a version that works, even if I'll bet it a crappy version if it still works on 360 you know like i'm gonna have to pay that 250 again four years four or five years down the road but exactly when they're making like ps4 and xbox and xbox one only games that are then even 
PC. Yeah. Hmm. But I will say this though. I mean, I'm not saying I was down on the PS4 thing. I just wanted to be like, I really wanted to be wowed. I guess the stuff that was wowing people was the hardware more than the game side. But don't get me wrong. I'm I'm sure. So I know you your household. Scott is going PS4. I'm leading PS4. How about you two? Hold on a second. Hold on. Scott, you said it's an AMD 7990? Uh, I think that's what I heard the PS4 was running, something like that. That's a $1,000 graphics card. Oh, I might be thinking of something else. I think so. Okay, <laughs> go ahead, Manny. It might, it might be like a 77-something. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I was just asking you guys, are you guys leading PS4 as well? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, we've already pre-ordered it. I already pre-ordered it, yeah. There was no question. (laughs) So it's a funny thing. I wasn't wowed by PS4, but as far as things go, even with the Xbox, uh, even with their uh, their recent flip-flop, I'm still leaning PS4 this gen. Listen, I'm already leaning PS3 this gen, and this is the 360 generation, right? Uh, The games that I'm interested in seem to be coming out on PS3. All the Japanese leaning titles seem to favor Sony. The between the two consoles, I saw nothing exclusive that was really going to sway me, with the exception of maybe that Pandora Dragoon game. And I'm not going to buy a console for that one game. And, mm-hmm. and the price is lower. It does, and it has. Well, I guess now the DRM stuff's all equal. But it, I, I didn't see any reason to go Xbox. But um, ultimately, I will be canceling that pre-order if there are no games that are coming out at launch that we're going to play. You know. I was in the opposite boat. I lean 360. I barely touch my PS3, and I'm leading PS4 this gen. Well, I think everybody is right now. Yeah. Well, not everybody. I know some people are super excited about a new Xbox, like my cousin. Um, he's like, oh, yeah, do you hear about the new Xbox? It's going to be so awesome. I'm like, well, we're trying to talk him out of it, and he just doesn't care. It's the, it's just the new Xbox, and he's excited, you know? You know what part that bothers me, though, is that um, a lot of because the Connect is mandatory – I feel like a lot of first party, even the first party titles that would make you want to get an Xbox, are going to rely heavily on either voice commands or uh, some kind of waving your arms in front of it because they can count on the Connect being in every single box. Yeah, but they can also count on most people not giving a crap about doing those things. I would hope so. I really do. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be very similar to the better with Connect options we have now, where you can I hope so. like, hope where so. you can yell at because if they force then... it, it's not good. <laughs> Well, and then you can get, uh, you know, technical fouls in NBA 2K14 for cursing. Because, you know, as much as, like, The Witcher, I, I really don't need to be, like, force push, force push. Oh, right. right. I remember the other thing. So l- let's put it this way. Xbox only had the one really, really appealing thing to me, which was the football integration. And then mm-hmm. I found out the fantasy teams are NFL.com only, so screw that oh, crap. because right, everybody uses Yahoo. Yeah, right. Yahoo and ESPN. And... So forget that. So that's gone. Now that I've got a PS4, which is $100 less, and from all accounts, looks like it's technically superior. Better RAM, better graphics card, better everything. So it's like, why in the world would I go with an Xbox right now without some some sort of exclusivity setting it apart? You know what I'm saying? I'm, I say to everyone, this, does, this, does, this war doesn't have to be decided on day one. No, of course not. It's so the PS- it, it, look at the PS3. Well, honestly, I don't think the war's decided until almost till like halfway through the console chain, really. Yeah, and even then, you can probably pick up like I, you know what I did. I was PS4, I was PlayStation 3 for like the first five years of this of the gen, and then I picked up a 360 yeah. on the cheap. So I got I guess, every game I missed out on for like less than twenty dollars, and I had a blast. Yeah, it, it, the discussions now are just what do you buy on launch day if you buy anything at all, and quite frankly. You know, guess what? It's a market that can support multiple consoles, and they will both do fine. 
And one might supposedly win or not, but even though 360 won this generation, the PS3 is doing quite well. And it's a it's a fine machine where you can do a lot of cool stuff on it. So it's like, who cares? Why does it have yep. to be a war, right? But it's more Absolutely. fun that way. <laughs> oh. People so like there wars. you go, Chris. After yeah. hearing my E3 report, uh, what do you think about your DC trip? I think it was a good trip. Um, and I'm very glad that I didn't have to be sick at E3. Um, because to be sick at a miserable show like that would have been even worse. Oh, oh tell man. me about the booths. Did Were the booths more opposing this year, like Giant Bomb claimed? Oh, like, literally, it was like this Cold War Iron Curtain between the Sony and the Microsoft <laughs> booths. I, I took some pictures. It's literally these big walls, and there's like a demilitarized zone in the middle where you can walk through, and it's just like Sony on one side, plate Xbox on the other, and they're just opposing each other, and it's like, oh, man. This people find that on our Facebook page. It is some serious business. I'm looking for that right now. Serious business, huh? Yeah, um, I played, if there are any side games, let me see, some side stuff I played. Wolfenstein, confusing, uh, and kind of bad. Uh, Wow, I didn't, what a bad show. (laughs) (laughs) Did you, all right, so now um, we don't want to do much time on it, but did you see anything awesome that was not an RPG? All right, uh, quickly, uh, Saints Row was probably the coolest thing I played. Okay. Uh, wow. I'm trying to think. Hotline Miami is fun on a, on a Vita. <laughs> that right. game's already out. So who cares? Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> All right. Your point has been made. All right. So let's do a little bit. Of, I assume none of us have had much time to play any games this month, right? I've been um, playing stuff. Okay, I've been well, playing a little bit of things. A all few right. Things. Well, how about you two? Since Anna and I have been playing, have we been playing anything significant, Anna? Well, um, there's I've the, there's the wedding game lot. and the honeymoon game. Yeah, and actually, the I'm actually going to hear a little bit about the honeymoon and wedding. Like, I guess a little brief. Okay. If you can. Um, wedding went phenomenal. We put a lot of time and effort and money into making sure it did, and it came out perfect. So we'll walk you through it. We had the wedding ceremony at our church locally here in Madison, Wisconsin. Anna wore a beautiful princessy looking dress, and we'll have pictures up soon. Uh, there's already some up. We'll have better pictures up soon. So we really wanted to have sort of a video game themed wedding that represented us. So um, we burned As like a... As opposed to all those weddings that represent other people. people who are not yeah, the right. bride and groom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, that represent like, I don't know, like the traditional sense of wedding. We wanted to do something that stood out in people's minds and would be special for us as gamers. So it's like we mixed like a big CD of music before the ceremony that was like Christian pop, video game song, Christian rock, video game song, video game theme, Christian pop, rock, et cetera, et cetera. And then... Um, and then when, some jerk face slipped the DJ at 20 to play Reigns of Castamere. No, 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 no. This DJ was all, did not oh, right, do the I church didn't music. Go. This was the church music. Um, so that's what we had playing um, in the church and then, service. Um, and then we went out. Hang on. Oh, okay. So the bridesmaids um, came in to a remix of 1,000 Words. Oh, yeah. And then I had this beautiful um, choral version of the prelude, yeah, the, the Final uh, Fantasy prelude. Love Will Grow version of the pre- prelude. Yeah, so if you want to look it up, it's Love Will Grow prelude. And then um, we did all the wedding, and it was awesome. And I didn't fall down, thank goodness. I was wearing three-inch heels, and then I never wear heels. And, um, yeah, wedding was really cool and relatively oh, wait, short. No, like, it was the prey version of the play- prelude. 
Sorry. Oh, sorry. Free dance to the Love Will Grow version of the prelude. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, um, as we exited, it was the Decidia victory theme followed by the Mario Kart victory theme. And our attendants all danced out of the church, which was cool. And, yeah, then we got to drive away and everybody had decorated our car with, like, feather boas and paint and stuff. It was cool. And then we went over to the reception and the reception was all video game themed. So there was a Wii on one side, there was the Wii U on the other side. All of the centerpieces were made up of flowers and a retro console and all sorts of games that belonged to that console. So we had one table that was like a a Super Famicom table, and the Nintendo that was a GameCube table. Um, There was one where she just used Super Nintendo games to literally create a vase and stuck flowers in the middle of it. It was really cool. And even like... um, our wedding um, book that you went and signed, it was like the left page was a, uh, like a Mario Kart sticker of some sort or a video game sticker of some sort. And the right side was like sort of a fill in the blanks. It was like name, video game or gamer tag. Which of these six characters are you most like? And it was like Mario, Princess Peach, Donkey Kong, Yoshi. Uh, I think uh, Metroid was on there or something like that. We went pretty crazy. And uh Yeah. Uh, and the cake was Harvest Moon themed, and it turned out stunningly beautiful. I was so happy with how that cake turned out. I was <laughs> really worried about it because Harvest Moon has like that really unique art style to it. And instead of having a bride and groom on top, we actually had the Harvest Moon cat and dog on top, which was very, very cool. And Who's the cat? Who's the dog? I'm the cat. Okay. Of course he's Chris the dog. dog. Oh, woof, woof. Uh-huh. <laughs> And, um, yeah, we just, we, when we did our grand march, it was, um, the spinach rag from Final Fantasy VI. And we had some video game music scattered throughout the night. And then, um, our, yeah, our, our first dance song was, uh, Love Will Grow Prelude, which is like a really jazzy, uh, fast-paced version of it and the bass is the thing that plays the prelude and then it's all the other music on top of it it's really we, cool. we took lessons for that dance so we had fun we danced. learning it and then so, doing it <laughs> that was good though i did not i also did not fall over while dancing which made me very happy um the cool thing actually about the wedding is there was a huge soccer tournament in town and our reception was at a marriott and so a like one of the girls' soccer teams came down and crashed the wedding, and his dad bought all the soccer moms' drinks. So the girls were doing like Congo lines through the dance floor and stuff. It was actually hilarious. Um, unfortunately, there was a couple of uh, guys' teams that found out that we had video game consoles, and they also crashed the wedding, but they had no adult supervision, so the hotel kicked them out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, it was really fun. Friends need more soccer moms. This is the lesson. <laughs> yeah, drunk soccer moms. Yep. So that was good. There's like some awesome pictures of me and Chris playing like Wii Sports together, and there's more pictures of me and my mom playing Wii Bowling together. I think I beat her. And now the couple will play their first round of Wii Tennis, more or less, <laughs> in doubles. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you may teabag I mean, the wife. Wait, no, that, that's something else. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was just a phenomenal day. Everything went perfectly. Weather was smashing. Um, we had a friend who's like, uh, 
an uh, an atmospheric scientist. And he messaged me the night before and was like, yeah, it's going to turn cloudy at about 1 o'clock. And then it's going to rain at about 8. So plan your day around that. And I laughed at him. But yeah, sure enough, about 1.30 it clouded over and quarter to 8 it started to rain. So <laughs> he was actually very, very accurate. And it worked out perfect because it's so much better to do pictures outside when it's just a little bit cloudy as opposed to super sunny. You get less squinties. So, but yeah, I think that was everything. Yeah, that's the wedding. And then we hooked, we uh, took a few days off um, and hung around at home. And then we went off to Washington, D.C. for the first part of the honeymoon. And the White House burned, burned, burned. What did you guys do in D.C.? Anna scared all the tourists on the tour bus, um, (laughs) cheering every time the uh, tour guide talked about how the Canadians burned down the White House. And why is she so happy about it? Yeah, that was scary. Um, I was feared for my life, but we, you know, we were actually sick half the week, so we mostly stayed in our cool little hotel room over in Dupont Circle, and we watched a lot of E3 coverage and hung out in the whirlpool tub. Super mutants there. Say what? Dupont Circle. I I shot a bunch of super mutants there. Did you? Yes. Where was that in? Fallout 3. Fallout 3, yeah. Fallout 3? Okay. <laughs> did you guys go to the subway system in DC? Uh, yeah, we did. Yep. They look exactly the same. Okay. Just as creepy and dark. All right. It is. Oh my gosh, the subways yeah. there are weird because it's so deep underneath. You the, these huge escalators, and it's really scary. They take like that, 90 though. seconds to get down to the uh, platforms. They yeah. have the well, most the, confusing the, subway system. The town's system. like okay. mostly below sea level. Thing? They got to do something. Okay. No. The, the interesting thing, we only had one sort of event well, on hold on sub- hold on what's manny gonna tell us about subways sorry oh, i was gonna tell you that they had the most confusing subway line okay so are you going to here to here at peak time or put uh, is this coming with this one do you have the card okay it's gonna cost you 15 dollars <laughs> we just bought like yeah we bought the little oh wait wait um, you waited too long now passes. it's seventeen twenty. <laughs> it was the most confusing thing i've ever seen fortunately we stayed pretty close to where we were going and close to a subway stop and that helped a lot and then you buy the little you buy the little electronic pass and the fares are half as much that way yeah, it was really weird. So, Did you guys hit any museums or anything? Yeah, yeah. We One. Barely. I mean, don't forget that out of like an eight-day stay, we were sick for five days. Ugh. Yeah, it was bad. So we did one day of just, we, we said, well, let's buy uh, tour trip tickets. And so we got on a bus, and that's where all the Canadian burning down, cheering, pride stuff happened. Um, and then after that, so we saw most of the monuments there, and then we... Again, got tuckered out. And then a day after that, we uh, went ahead and went to the Smithsonian, um, Air and Space Museum a bit. Oh, yeah. Cool. That, that's a great also museum. Also a good place to shoot super mutants. Is it? Okay. It is? Yes. That's where you get the V'ger plate or something. What's it called? Yeah. No, it, one. The, the, it was off one of this, a fictional Saturn rocket. Like, they kept making them. Okay, the cool. Verse. <laughs> yeah, Chris, I was there on Friday pretty good museum except no one warned me it smells like poo and french fries um well that's just the smell of americana <laughs> it literally you can smell the french fries in the cafeteria and the poo from all the children <laughs> yeah. yeah that was pretty cool though the rockets exhibit with, with huge rockets the history of aviation and you get to see like how planes used to actually be a cool thing to be on before they turn yeah. into 10 cans that they shove you in now, the unfortunate part wings. is that we've discovered that me and Chris like museums for two different reasons. Mm-hmm. So one of us was constantly bored at all times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are these two reasons? 
Oh, like we like to look at different things. Anna's interested in the really long, slow, boring exhibits, and I'm interested in, in the flashy, cool stuff and video presentations. So he and- is more interested in how technology is going to develop and how it affects our lives now, and I'm more interested in the history, how things developed, how things worked out the way that they did. And let me guess, one of you is reading the plaques, and you're like, oh my god, do you need to read every one? And I'm like, let's go run up into the, look, there's a plane we could walk through, the old plane, let's go go do it. And she's like, Chris, I'm trying to read about how this particular bullet was used during this particular war, at this particular time, in this particular plane. But those people are all dead now. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So (laughs) So were you bored during the Wright, at least at the Wright Brothers exhibit? That was interesting, right? We get like that Did we see that? Did we get to mm-hmm. that one? No, out of like the 20... 20- That's the other thing. We didn't spend much time there because it was the end of the week and we didn't have a lot of time to spend. Oh, and, and you guys was... didn't see the one thing you need to see was like know, the first right? airplane ever. I know, right? Yeah. So, um, but we, you know, we saw lots of rockets and stuff and moon rocks. We touched a moon rock. Ooh. Um, what else did we do? Okay, that was DC. We also met with some friends and that was fun to just... You know, have the locals take you to cool places that are nearby. There's a lot of good restaurants in DC. DC is a yes, food we area. Ate very, very well. Yeah. You know what's that not a food fun. area? What? Delaware. Yeah. Okay. Very hungry and sad. Did you stay in Delaware then? I'm here now. Oh, you're in Delaware now? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's 10 p.m. right now. It's like Wayne World. We're in. Oh my Delaware. gosh, it's 10 p.m. where Manny is? I know, it's surprising. The world is backwards. There's no food here to eat. I, I recently, just yesterday, went to, went to a restaurant, was one, voted one of the top 100 restaurants in Los, in uh, Delaware. I ate I When we got back the food, I was like, eh. eh. <laughs> this, the local Chinese market serves better food. It was very depressing. That is depressing. So um, after that, we got out of D.C. and said, all right, Honeymoon 2.0. We were sick, and we didn't do as much as anywhere near as what we wanted to in D.C. So we're going to Disney World, and we're going to hit this place hard. Um, and actually, that went a lot better. So I took Anna down to Disney World, and our, you know, we did first-class flights pretty much the whole trip. So that was always nice to get skip security lines, even though Anna's like, we're in the wrong line. We're in the wrong line. I'm like, dear... We've got first class seats now. Oh, we get to go through the fast security lane. Ooh. Um, so we get on down to Disney World, and I take her on a horse carriage ride, and then we go for dinner, and then we have um, um, we get on a boat, and we went and saw the Magic Kingdom fireworks from the from the lagoon right in front of the Magic Kingdom, and that is the perfect way to watch Magic the the fireworks down at Disney. Um, and that was our first night, and it was really sweet and romantic, and and you know, wish come. Tr- oh, hello. Somebody's somebody doesn't like romantic stuff apparently. Okay. Eh. <laughs> and then then the next day, Anna was completely wiped out. She's like, I don't want to do anything. So we didn't do anything for most of the day, and then we went to Downtown Disney, which is basically Disney's version of a mall, but it's okay. Uh, it's a nice little shopping area, weird stores, big Lego stores, big. Um, bowling alleys, uh, circus Is everything marked up 50% or something? Um, well, I don't know. Most of the stuff you can't get anywhere else because it's all Disney stores and stuff, right? But So it's hard to compare. Um, Disney Burger. You know, we didn't buy that much. Anything we bought in Disney was like Disney merchandise, so it's marked up anyway. And Disney's markups aren't too bad, actually, compared to what we're used to playing for video game stuffed animals and stuff. 
Um, it's not too bad. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so we went. We ended up doing. Anna said, I want to see a movie. So they have this movie theater down in downtown Disney where you can eat and watch the movie at the same time. We don't have those in Madison. So that was a, oh, that we was got a those for us. All over L.A., but it seems like the worst experience because just people clanging on their plates. Oh, really? It, was this one where they actually have the server come to you in the oh, middle yeah, of the theater? Oh, yeah, comes to you in the theater. Like you press While the While the movie's playing. Yeah. It's AMC's dining, whatever. It actually was yeah, nice. Yeah. They handled it really well. Um, they have a computer system in the back to show who's... Who needs help and all this stuff? It works okay, fine. So I want the hamburger and the fries. Wait, wait, be quiet. This is the part of the movie where the guy. Oh, that was exciting. Okay, okay so most I of that order stuff takes place before the movie and during the previews. Okay. Uh, so it's just they time it pretty well, and then you know if you don't if you need something else you you can say it. And honestly, the sound doesn't carry that big, far in those rooms the way they've got them soundproofed and stuff. So it worked out well for us. Um, so we ended up seeing Man of Steel there, and then we at the end of the week we went back and saw Monsters University. Okay, so I, I have to ask, what's the perfect meal accompaniment to a man of steel and his mass genocide? Um, coconut shrimp, coconut fried shrimp. There you go. When you kill I believe that. Of I believe that. I believe <laughs> coconut <laughs> shrimp is the perfect pairing to genocide. So here is my complaint about the man, the new Man of Steel movie. I would have liked less pecs and more story. How about just less genocide and more story? How is it genocide? He oh, killed I, his entire race. He didn't. Well, Remember, the no, dude no, from Law and Order helps. <laughs> and they completely destroy Smallville. Gone. Mm-hmm. Smallville gone. And they come and they kill hundreds of thousands of people in Metropolis. Wait, and... wait, 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 wait. They didn't completely destroy Smallville. They wrecked it up good. They wrecked it up good, yeah. Um, I mean, well, somebody did estimates. The property, damage, the property damage in Metropolis was, what, $975 trillion? It would take 20 to 25 years to recover. For what about the people who were in those buildings at the time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, something like five hundred thousand dead yeah. and three hundred thousand missing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was, they compared it off of New York, yeah. but it was a really interesting article to read. And like, like seriously, soup. You can fly. How about just go over there? Don't fi- don't throw the freaking thing and at it, the thing with the people. Isn't it kind of silly when Dragon Ball Z shows more cares for the re- reality of superhero fights than you know? Yeah. Superman, real like in Dragon Ball Z, Goku's like, let's go fight in this other area where it's unpopular. Well, in, in the, I agree in with the you. Endless I am an evil space that is most of Dragon Ball Z. Say what? Yeah, I know, but at least the evil space, they go like, I agree with you. Let's not fight in the city. It's pointless. Let's go out to the desert where we can have a much better fight. Clearly, if they could justify it there, they couldn't find a way to do it in <laughs> Superman. Whatever. Oh, come on, in Superman Four, for goodness sake, they flew to the moon. Did they? Yeah, remember the to fight the moon. Moon? Superman re- returns. Right? No, Superman four. Oh, there was oh, <laughs> there I was four. I don't think I saw it's... that one then. Okay. That's the one. To fight. That's what he said. You won't fight the moon fight. And Christopher Reeve has rebuilt the Great Wall of China vision. <laughs> no, I haven't what? seen any of the old Christopher Reeve stuff. Now I'm kind of interested in going back and seeing it. He also oh. fixes the Leaning Tower of Pisa somehow. Superman right. How four. Do you fix the quest it with your eyes. Peace. I don't even understand. Is that like a telekinesis? Is that like a a clay beam? He's, I don't. Okay, he's that fast. Now, Superman in some comics is so fast that you could he could go down, fix something, and come back in the blink of an eye. No, no, you don't understand though. No, there was he stands a beam still and beams come out of his eyes. <laughs> and then he rebuilt the Great Wall of China brick by brick. Well, you see, on the moon, there's no atmosphere. No, so he was getting... on our planet Earth. Oh, he this. was. Oh, all right. No, I I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> 
After sa- plot, after saving a group of cosmonauts whose spaceship is jeopardized by a rogue satellite, Superman visits his hometown of Smallville, disguises Clark Kent, and checks it. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I don't need to see this. There's a lot of plot. There's a surprising amount of plot in Superman for <laughs> the quest for peace. It's almost amazing they had they found time to do stupid things like rebuild the Great Wall of China. Vision. So it's eighty seven. So is this all Cold War stuff going on in this, or it's mostly? It, or is it just after it? I it, guess it. It's mostly we're afraid of radiation. Stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> but, so now you know, Chris, the secret to world peace: moon battles, <laughs> moon fights. So is that the last one before Superman returns? I yes. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. at the end of this one, I assume he goes away and then. I don't know, so, now that we're done absorbing Superman, we yeah. decided to go to Magical Kingdom, and it was hot and crowded, and Chris made me walk around for far which too is, long. Which is Disney in the summer. Yes, um, and then the next day we did Animal Kingdom, which is like... Which was even more hot, because Animal Kingdom just feels hot. Well, and the problem is, is Animal Kingdom is all super uneven, because tr- they tried to maintain the grounds as much as they could. Mm-hmm. And uneven surfaces and me do not mix well, if, <laughs> unless you include pain in back. So after the first two days where Chris essentially killed me, um, we got smart and rented a scooter. So Anna did Disney on a scooter. and It she was, was great. You're, you're a real American now. <laughs> yes, you are. We should have put up an American flag in that scooter box. That would have been no, awesome. Oh, <laughs> I wanted a little Canadian oh, one. Yeah. And Anna, let me give you some advice. When you go to your naturalization test... Don't go woohoo when they teach you about the part about the White House burning down. <laughs> she ain't going to be Denied naturalized. She's, she's not going to do it. She's going to stay a resident. Canadian pride. Yeah. Anyways. You're not going to become a citizen? Yeah. So, I'm going to rent residency for $100 a year. I, I don't know how much you really want to hear about the parks, but we did all four of them, and um, we did really good eating at all the parks. Um, we had poutine at Le Cellier in Canada. You guys are like 10 pounds fatter now, right? Yeah. We had, the Flying Fish was my favorite restaurant of the whole week. Uh, the Flying Fish Cafe over in Boardwalk Disney. And so, Scott, else? you're going to really appreciate this. Oh. Mm. So in Epcot, in the different countries, like the second half of the park, it's all countries. And yeah. to work in that country, you have to be from that country. And Canada is one of the countries. Yes, I know. I've been there. The, uh, okay. the exhibit makes it sound like we just got electricity 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and we're really working hard on that 15th mile of uh, There was um, a, a Celtic and Canadian rock festival, although we missed it because we were somewhere else at the time. There's also a, um, a log splitting, a lumberjack show. But anyways, when we went to La Cellier, there was all well, most of the people that worked there were from Ontario. So I started chatting with all of them about like where I grew up and stuff. And there was actually a girl there who was from North Bay, which was super cool. She was like 19. She was like, <laughs> she was young enough to be my daughter, which is great because, of course, she went to my rival high school. You know what yes. made that really Canadian? I would just love if there was like a free clinic just open in the middle of it. <laughs> a really long line. There is a first aid station in Canada. <laughs> yeah, but it's not, but it's not quite the same. <laughs> So yeah, that was, and it was great because after like being at La Cellier for like an hour and a half, we leave and we're in the park and it's basically deserted because the park has been closed. And he looks at me and he's like, why do you know everybody that's there? 
I know. Don't you know? She know we're we're a tight knit community. Yeah, all Canadians we know, know all other of Canadians. each other. It's crazy. <laughs> it's true. Their population is like five thousand people. I know. Like they all I went mean, to the same when school. people like people ask me if I know Anna, and I have to go Vancouver Anna or Mountain Anna. <laughs> oh, not because I don't get along with, with Mountain Anna. She's terrible. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and all of Northwestern Ontario is named Frank, even the girl. <laughs> oh, um, so we did more. Did we do anything else super cool at Disney that we should mention? Um, you went on a bunch of rides without me. No, that, that's not super cool. Something that super was super cool for me. Okay, and I meant like fireworks level cool. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think so. Oh, we did a bunch of character breakfast and stuff. Nobody cares about that stuff. Yeah, so you had your scooter. You scootered Disney. We. You know, we went back and did more shopping at D- Downtown Disney. We bought a large Eeyore plushie, and uh, I think that's Disney. Uh, oh, we also spent two nights. So most of our, our trip, we were at the Port Orleans French Quarter Resort, and then the very last part of the trip, we stayed at we extended our trip and stayed at um, Disney's Grand Floridian, and that was nice. We had a room with a view of the Magic Kingdom, and you could, like, hear the park opening, like, Mickey inviting everyone into the park and fireworks. You could see fireworks from the from the balcony. And I highly recommend that if you're looking for a romantic hotel to bring your sweetie to at Disney. And, uh, yeah. Mm-mm. We ought to talk about the water show. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Because, again, I have a fellow Canadian on on the podcast, and since I normally don't, this is, these are things I have to share with them. Well, can you do it? Can you stop eating while you do it? No. Chris, it's a Canadian tradition. Talking with your mouth full. Oh, okay. This is very important that you get all four Canadian food groups. So, Scott, they have this great presentation on the water, and they're going through different songs, and it's like, here's some dolphins jumping, and here's a dragon, and here's a crab, and then everything turns into American flags, and Yankee Doodle Dandy starts playing. Yeet. You, you you can't reclaim Yankee Doodle. You just can't. <sighs> I'm sorry, guys. That's our song that we use to make fun of you and your terrible sense dress sense for. Oh, is it? Okay. The, yeah, that that that's the joke. It's yet yeah, Yankees are dandies and they have no taste in hats. Oh, okay. Hey, we but yeah we we own it's just that like song, all of this cute light presentation and Only there's all sorts of cute things and then bam Americana with a song that's making fun of Americans. Hey, hey, we own that word, man. Only we can say it. Americana. No, I mean just the song. Oh, sorry, sorry. Hey, what was that thing that I did that made me American? Right, I got to use my American credit card for the first time. And after did you I say? Heard- did you say I think I'll use my credit card? Well, no. In fact, I wasn't even sure she would take it because I forgot to sign it. But apparently they don't even check that. Oh, no one actually cares. <laughs> I love that. You know that South Park episode where they go to China and the Chinese start making fun of Americans? Yeah. Perfect spot yeah. on. I think Perfect. I'll use my credit card. Well, you, like, I, I find it amazing that it's all the Middle Eastern pizza huts that have, like, the pizza with cheeseburgers baked into the crust. And I'm like, that, that, that's, like, what they would... That's what someone would come up with to make fun of American food. No, I want to try that. We need that here. <laughs> I have extra cheese, please. American. And, but, of course, driving from Disney out to the St. Petersburg area, we ran across a truck. Which we was, did. I had relatives out in St. Petersburg. so 
Okay. We ran across a truck. It said, we are rednecks on it. And it had a southern flag on it. And it was like a pickup truck that had been boosted up and had the big axles. And yeah, it was Anna's first encounter with someone with a Confederate flag waving it with pride on their truck. It was the most peculiar thing I have ever seen. And a well, swastika is just a Tibetan good luck charm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, that was Wedding and Honeymoon. So I did play some stuff while I was on the honeymoon. Um, I have been playing um, Soul Hackers, actually. Hmm. So I figure I am slightly more than halfway through the game. I am very quickly approaching level 50. I am in Algalon Electronics, which will only make sense to people who are playing the game. Is it slow? Because I know it's a very old game, so I was wondering how... so they've put in a couple of um, optional things that you can do to make the game either easier or harder for yourself, depending on how you want to tune it. So, for example, um, it sort of um, the, the the thing that sort of scared me about Soul Hackers is that it's sort of Etrian Odyssey esque in exploration, where you have a map on one screen and your action on the other. And in Soul Hackers, it fills in the map as you go along. You don't have to build it yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can actually just turn the map on. That's one of the hacks that you can do. And it does make the game significantly easier because you know where you're going. And there's... Easier or like faster, would you say? Yes. Okay. Um, You can also hack the difficulty up or down so you can make the game harder or easier. Um, I had a couple bosses that I got stuck on and I hacked the the difficulty down just to get past them. Um, You say hack. Is that what they call it in the game? Yes. Yes, it is called – you open up like a special menu of options and it is like difficulty hack, easy, normal, hard, automap hack, off, on. And there's another hack that you can do, and I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. I don't have it turned on. I haven't auto-mapped ever. I haven't used any of the other – I haven't used the two hacks. I've used the difficulty hack. Um, the other cool thing in the game is you have a little helper called Namichi. And Namichi um, evolves off of human observation, and I'm air-quoting that, which means that you feed her play coins. Well, you feed it play coins and once a day you can opt to evolve namichi and it looks like there is a male line of evolution and a female line of evolution and each of those as you evolve the namichi through the various stages unlocks demons you couldn't otherwise fuse so it's another way to get demons and they can actually it's actually a relatively inexpensive way to get demons if you have d coins so i've been enjoying that it's like 20 um, play coins turns into 300 diesels and demons cost anywhere from 100 to 500 coins so far or 100 500 d points so far diesels sorry la, 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 la. play coins diesels namichi fun um on top of fusing demons 
Um, partway through the story, you also unlock a sword that you are allowed to fuse with demons as well. And depending on what demon you fuse it with affects its accuracy and its power and the type of weapon that it is. Um, and in fact, there is quite a number of demons that I have started to run into that it's like they are strong against like slash and strike, which are the typical weapon um abilities so i have been fusing in elemental demons so that my sword is fire instead of slasher strike and that's been helping out right now problem is is the dungeon that i'm in right now um <laughs> the enemies have mudola and if your main character dies it's game over mudola is a kill everybody spell yeah so it's it's the next version of mudo mm-hmm. so yeah that's happened to me a couple times. Oh, that's the other thing that I have is um, I don't remember if this was in the original because I didn't play the Saturn game because it wasn't translated. Um, you have a personal computer that has five slots and you can apply different things into the slots. And I mean, some of them are like being able to catch certain demons that you couldn't otherwise catch. Some of them translate the demon gibberish because some of them speak in binary. Um, And I have uh, a program installed on my computer that lets me save anywhere. And that is super, super hugely useful for me. Not only because if I'm worried about dying, I just save. And if I die, then I die. But um, I have been playing the game in much smaller snatches than I normally would because it's like, you know, goose my scooter onto the bus and then jump off and then I have to sit in the seat for 20 minutes while we go to the park and then I can play my 3DS while I'm on the bus. So, yeah, I've definitely been enjoying it. I definitely like the fact that they've allowed you to customize difficulty and the convenience to what you need. So, yeah, definitely good. Um, I would really like to finish it in the next couple weeks so that I can play SMT4 in two weeks. So, other than that, um, Chris and I both got into Clash of Clans Mm -hmm. on iOS. Thanks to my uncle and cousin. His uncle and cousin both play it. So, it's um, a base building game with PvP and PvE. So, the more you build up your base... Um, You can get, like, new troops and stuff like that. And you have a PvE line where it's, like, you get increasingly difficult enemy AI-run bases to attack. Or you can do PvP against other players. And, um, yeah, I'm in Silver 3, and he's in Bronze 1, so he's one league behind me. Although he could make the jump, really, at any time. And other than that, we've also been playing a ton of Puzzle and Dragons. So I think I'm rank 105 at this point. And we decided to invest some money in magic stones during what's called the God Festival. And so we both pulled some really, really nice monsters out of the magical stone machine. And that's the only way to get some of these monsters. So that's been interesting. And... Chris is mad because I got the best monster in the game. No, it's just no one cares about this stuff. Um, <laughs> so uh, I've been Does playing. Anyone care? Yeah, come uh, on the forums and tell them whether or not you care about what Anna says. And dragons. Yeah, <laughs> you've been playing I've lots been pl- of iPad. No, nah, yeah, but I won't bore people with it. I've been playing Ace Attorney HD. 
on the iPad. It's a great it's a great port. I'm reminded of how many typos there were in the first game, and but still, you know, I love the Ace Attorney games, and I'm really enjoying playing through it again because I've forgotten a lot of the of the puzzles, so it's fun to play through it again. And I'm getting excited for Ace Attorney Five, of course, coming out later this year. Are um, you going to get Layton Bros? Uh, we did, and we played through the free missions on that, and it's different. Um, Anna, do you did you like it? Yeah, I mean, I think it would be good to buy the next case set before it goes up in price. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it seems good enough. You know, um, it does feel more like an Ace Attorney game than it does a Professor Layton game. I will say that. Because you're, you know, examining a crime scene and figuring things out, but I've, I've decided I need the courtroom drama, <laughs> so that's that's what I like in my Ace Attorney and those style games. So, I I really don't like the investigations. It's not for me, not for me. I do. Yeah. So we play it together. I guess so. <laughs> we played the free one together. What um, about poor? Pers- what oh. about what? Oh, that all or? Um. Oh, I've been playing Lego City Undercover. Yes, you have. Wait, on so, Wii U, right? That's Wii yep. exclusive. That's right. Yep, yep, yep. So, it's a good um, game. It's real yeah. fun to listen to play, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's quite fun. Um, I've only played a really small smattering of Grand Theft Auto, so I would like to say it's like Grand Theft Auto, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, but you have... It, yes and no, it's still very much Lego-y. Right. It's just in an I open haven't played world. another Lego game either. It's my problem. Oh. Well, as someone who has played Grand Theft Auto and its various uh, play-alikes and also Lego games, uh, it is still very much Lego. It's Yay! Some so free-roaming. Yeah, so it's got a big free-roaming world, and the more um, missions that you do, the more areas that unlock. And the, you get um, costumes that um, dictate what you can do to the environment around you. So for example, the astronaut allows you to use teleporters and the miner allows you to use dynamite. And so the, yeah, there's not only tons of free roaming stuff and there's secrets to find in all of the different regions of the city, but there's also a whole bunch of special missions. Um, I don't have all the costumes yet. I think I'm missing three right now. So I figure, um, I think I have about 20, 20 to 22% of the game complete. And I figure I will be about 40% complete the game, complete completion by the time I finish the main story. And I am pretty sure that the final mission is going to unlock a costume so that it hooks you on to keep playing. Because that only makes sense. Because there's so much stuff I still don't have access to. So, but yeah, definitely enjoyed that. You've played it as well, right, Scott? Uh, I have played a bit. I'm going to probably pick it up sometime later in the month once I've cleared through the things I'm playing now. Okay. I think that's everything that I've been playing, so why don't you jump right into what you've been doing, Scott? Well, for earlier, I was playing the Read 500 Pages of Shadowrun manual in time to review it before the embargo date. <laughs> this is, this fourth is the edition, Kickstarter right? one? Uh, oh, no, this is oh. fifth, the fifth, fifth edition oh, rule. Yeah. Yeah. From like Kettle's Games, paper right? game. Yeah. Uh, short version is it's still Shadowrun, but slightly better mechanically speaking. But I thought you just hated the whole premise of Shadowrun. Oh, I hate the premise, but I'm going to be honest. Like, I had to be honest and say, you know what? They did do a lot to fix my issues with the mechanics, but it's still, the, the setting is still god awful. I was actually offended by the art. It's what is that, like the hyper realistic uh, testosterone kind of amped oh, up? The, 
Oh, the amped up testosterone's there, but I was literally flipping through it, and uh, Native Americans play a big part in the setting, kind of. And honest to fucking God, of all the Native Americans depicted, there was one that didn't look like a cigar store Indian. Like, freaking feathered headdresses. Bare chests, feathered hats. Yeah, that's Shadowrun, though. Yeah, I know, but it's stupid. (laughs) And oh, you, offensive. Yeah. They got the feathered headdresses. They got the shaman paint. Like, they got the handprint on their face. Do they at least yeah. have one that has a really colorful sash and a violin? No. Lame. There were no violin. There are no voyageur. No Métis. <laughs> no Down. fun Métis with snowmobiles. I'm sorry. The game should be coming out, so the actual the Kickstarter game. That's not coming out, like, in a week or two? Yeah, it, it's this weird thing where they've got this too much, cl- like they've kind of got a cluster F going on with Shadowrun right now. Yeah, like nothing for like 15 years and then all of a sudden all within Like the you've got the game coming out next week and pre-orders open well, in I mean, that's the way to do the it. tabletop game. I don't think do it, it is. I think they're tapping their market base too hard. What? You want to generate interest um, for each. So you got two markets and you want to cross tap interest right so you need both products available at the same time don't you uh, i don't think it's going to work out that way i think it's they they're competing for the same fraction of one wallet so maybe they should have did the the pen and paper rpg ahead of six months before the game maybe well well yeah probably that but there's also like a deck building game and a minis game and a free-to-play mmo thing hmm okay so it's just it. So and all of them are dropping in the summer because if you're going to launch a tabletop product, you have to do it at Gen Con. <laughs> so it's all wow. Cr- like the official Shadowrun site is Shadowrun4.com. Uh, there, there's a few. There's like ShadowrunWorld.com is oh, also one, and Shadowrun Tabletop. There's like a mess load. Oh, there of is a Shadowrun.com too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There are a lot of Shadowrun URLs that are Here's official. What I want. Hair brain schemes. That's the game game. The year of Shadowrun continues. <laughs> Shadowrun 5th edition is coming July 11th. It's like the year of Luigi? It's yeah. Pretty much. It, yeah. Except even more so. The year <laughs> of Luigi. Oh, July first 25th. picture. I clicked on it. She has a feather in her hair. Ooh. Those Native Americans sure do love feathers, don't they? I know. And still no hipsters. That, that, that's starting to bug me now. It's like, your game is set in Seattle. Hipsters. Yeah, but didn't this apocalypse happen before hipsters existed? Uh, the apocalypse—it's not even an apocalypse, it, but it's like 2011. So. You know what it's like? It's—it's it's like uh, how if the 1950s had its vision of the future, future realized. Mm-hmm. That's uh, and that's what Fallout is. This is sort of like in the 1980s, everything stopped, and we and what we pictured the future to be actually turn, actually happened. So, you know, also except, goblins. except for ogres. Remember, so, yeah, but also goblins. He's right. So, Shadowrun so, is a sci-fi slash fantasy setting, right? So yeah. So it's funny though. You, you can instantly know something cyberpunk when you see like a Japanese corporation that's actually powerful and solvent. So you're like, oh, this is this was made in the eighties. <laughs> so where are the damn dragons? That's my question. There are damn dragons. I know, but I don't see any in any of the game screenshots. Oh, you know why? Because they're all busy running for running for president. Yeah, yeah they're they're running for president. Are they? Seriously? Yes. Oh. That's part of the game? That is ser- like that was seriously part of the setting. He won, and then he got exploded. Oh. 
like radical terrorists bombed his inauguration. Mm. To prove he was a dragon? No, he was a dragon. Like he oh. was going to go up to the uh, they had a giant reinforced stage for a dragon. Oh. And then they blew it up. Oh. Okay. That's weird. Yeah. That's part of Shadowrun 5 or what? That that that's just part of the backstory of Shadowrun period. Okay. Of, uh, like it I think it happened during 4 4th edition, so okay. it, it's still I- relevant. In if you fit. play Shadowrun Returns, because it takes place in an earlier time period, you can see some of his posters, like 2016, vote vote Dragon or something, Dregzor. Vote, vote Zardrax, or whatever his name was. Yeah. Never trust a dragon is what I hear. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> Shadowrun Returns coming out soon. Um... And then uh, other games I've played, I got Project Cross Zone. We oh. have that. We didn't play it, though. It, it It's cool. I'm that, finally. This is like the crossover um, strategy RPG, right? Yeah. As the box says, it's the ultimate crossover game. Well, I don't know about ultimate. It doesn't have Kazuma Kiryu in it. Oh, okay. Which I'm I'm a little confused by because he'd be a good seg- he'd be a good fit from Sega. For this game. Who's Kazuma? Uh, from he, the he's Yakuza. The, he's he's the oh, lead okay. character from the Yakuza games. Mm. He's like a dragon. He Please is like a dragon. <laughs> Well, do they have uh, the dude from the Dream Dreamcast games who's oh, looking uh, for sailors? No, they don't have they don't have Ryu Hazuki either. Oh, okay. You know, it's funny. Like, the the second people... selections are actually really terrible. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like the two guys who who actively their whole job is to beat people up. You don't have them in the game where you beat people up. Like it. Like for the most part. Like I think uh, Capcom and Namco kind of got the memo where it's like we want characters from fighters and action titles to put in an RPG to be different. And then Sega was like, no, just use our RPG characters. And some people from Virtua Fighter, I guess. Oh, hey, no, they've got Ula La from Space Channel 5. <laughs> yeah, they have her. Does she dance, shoot, shoot, dance, shoot, shoot, dance, shoot, shoot, dance? I don't know. I have not, got, I have not uh, gotten to her yet. Now, if they got Michael Jackson from Space Channel 5, now we're talking. <laughs> you know, I'd be funny if they had, like, a Choo Choo Rocket character, but they don't put in, like, the Cosmic Kiryu or <laughs> the Shenmue dude. Oh, man, yeah. I wish the Choo Choo Rocket characters were in it. Like, the, you remember Choo Choo Rocket? I do! Well, and the other thing is, half, half the Sega characters are in games that didn't come over to North America. Oops. And Man, I mean, I don't blame them. That's all I've learned from this. How does it play as a strategy RPG? Does it play okay? Oh, it, it actually plays really great. Um, like, you, you have dudes on a grid, and, uh, you know, you move them around, and there's special abilities. But when you go into the actual combat, it's... The combat from Namco Cross, Camp, Cross Capcom or um, Endless Frontier. So you have Did we two get either of those. Uh, we got the first Endless Frontier game. Oh, okay. I, I don't even remember that game. Here, I'll look it up. Go ahead. But yeah, so oh, oh, that's a super robot up. game. Yeah, okay. like all the characters are pair, air group are in pairs, and then you can add like a solo unit to do a support attack. But uh, what you do is you you go to the combat screen, and it looks like a two D fighter, and you just push a button and that starts the two characters doing a combo and then you push a direction and a button to start a different combo and it's just about juggling the enemy to get your hit counter as high as you can so they die and there are a lot of dudes in every fight like 30 plus guys on the enemy side so you need to get good at juggling so they die (laughs) okay You, you find a zen for each pairing and it works and you, and you know you, it, 
you, you, fall, you fall into a rhythm with each of the characters and it really works out and it's fun because you've got attack animations and numbers flying everywhere and it's just havoc. I want to ask you questions, but I already know the answers to them. Is it moving forward the strategy RPG genre in any way? Um, I would think so because oh, really? you actually because you actually have to do something. Okay. <laughs> like it is not just it, it feels less. But this like is a, a battle system problem. that's been out since a game we got in two thousand nine, right? Yeah, but this is the first time it's been used for a strategy game. Well, wasn't the OG Saga game also a strategy game? No, it was a straight up standard RPG. Oh, okay. But you said it was a system that started there. I'm yeah, like the com- the actual combat is, but before that, oh. it had just been sort of a you got your guys on the left, them on the right, you random encounters set up. So this is the first time they've taken they've taken that combat system and attached it to a grid based strategy game. Okay. Um. Well, maybe if you're looking for some advancement, I think maybe Transistor, which sort of turns the kind of strategy thinking, tactical kind of combat, and makes it more real-time and more immediate. Manny, did you really take a picture in front of the Please No Photography sign? Oh, which one? Where? The one you just linked us in the (laughs) site. There are two No Photography signs signs (laughs) in your picture. I'm putting this on the forums. I walked in there and I asked them, is it cool if I take a picture of you guys? And they're like, in front of this screen? Okay, it's okay. You can do it in front of this screen. Why are you linking this picture to us? (laughs) I just wanted to show you some stuff from Lords of the Fallen. Okay. (laughs) The one thing you're allowed to take a picture of, except not. Is it actually coming out finally? Which one? Lords of the Fallen. What? They, this, this barely in pre-alpha. That's the one I was talking about. Mm. Didn't we see that last okay. year? Uh, no, this is the first oh. time they've ever shown it to oh, the public. Oh, this is a new one. Never mind. I've got it confused with something else. All right, Some Scott, other finish thing. this up. Uh, other things I'm playing right now are um, I picked up Borderlands 2 because it was 10 bucks. Yeah. I started that. Shooting dudes. Yep. And I've uh, been dabbling a little bit with uh, Yakuza 4 for punching. That they're yak as a four, huh? That they're yak as a. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anything to say about yak as a four? It's more yak as a. It is better than yak as a three. Okay, good. (laughs) No orphans. No orphans? (laughs) Not a fan of the orphans, huh? They ruined the first half of that game. Did they put the love thingies back in? Uh, Yeah, well, the first quest you are, like, in the. You switch between four characters. So the first character you play owns a love hotel. Ooh. So like, there's a mini game where you have to manage one, and it's like you have to like get dress up all the girls, and it's like really yeah. There's like slightly offensive. Want to play this now? There's like elaborate transformation sequences when you finally change their dresses and like. Well, and you have to walk around and listen to and eavesdrop on all the the conversations the dudes are having. And it's like, oh, this is the women they want. Come, my puppets, dress like this. I don't care how you feel like dressing. That is wicked. I mean, it's terrible, but it's also hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Like, they're literally like little dress-up dolls for you. And they go, Mm. do I look good in this? Please, I need your acceptance. (laughs) 
Wow. Well, like the first thing you do, like one of the first things that happens is a woman shows up to your place looking for a loan and you're like, okay, I can lend you, you know, 300 million yen, but you have to earn it back at my hostess club. This is not exploitive at and, all. And don't worry, it's not real prostitution per se. It's just your time and attention and your fake adoration. Yeah. But you don't have to touch them. You don't have to touch them. And, unless they order a champagne call, then you have to touch them a little. <laughs> Also sell, sell as many champagne calls as you have you have as you can or I'll fire you. We, I mean we just make it weird fast, huh? Yeah. We're good at that. Awkward. Next game. No, that's that's all I've been playing. Alright. Manny, you got anything for us? Um, I've been playing a little bit of Animal Crossing. Ooh, you turned over a new leaf? No. Oh. I'm playing Animal Crossing. For the N64 disc system? No, for the GameCube. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I brought along a GameCube. It's probably the best one to play, actually. It's not much Because it's got all the old NES games in it. Yeah, I, I was playing some Excite Bike earlier and some tennis and uh, Donkey Kong Jr. and Donkey Kong Math. <laughs> nice. So it's good fun playing that out. Um, I, with all that massive, ugh, with all that massive chalice talk, and talking about inspirations, and then the guys who played Skull of the Shogun, you know, they were chatting with the Massive Chalice guys. You know, you know the, the Double Fine Kickstarter that was recently successful? Yeah. Which, funny enough, if we cover XCOM, we're probably going to end up covering Massive Chalice, too. So. Okay. Well, I think Massive Chalice has explicitly said it's going to have RPG stuff in it, right? Well, it's very much like XCOM in, the, in, the, in the both ways. You know? Oh, okay. But anyway, I was just, you know, just hearing them talk about, like, the Skull of the Shogun guy and how the Skulls of the... Skulls of the Shogun's heavy influence was Advance Wars. I said, you know what? I never played Advance Wars Dual Strike. I'm going to buy that. So I got it, and I started playing through Advance Wars Dual Strike. Because I remember playing Advance Wars Days of Ruin, you know, the dark uh, post-apocalyptic one. And at the time thinking, oh, they lost the charm of what made Advance Wars Advance Wars. Oh, they simplified what made Advance Wars so good. And they removed so many extra features and elements. And now going back and playing Dual Strike, man, Days of Ruin was a much better game. Ooh. (laughs) This game is so bad in some ways. It's highly rated. It, I think at the time we didn't know better. Okay. It was one of those things like when it came out at the time, it was like, oh, yeah, it's like, this is great. It's Advanced Wars on a DS. But like after like, you know, it's been like how many years? This was like 05? Oh, it was a long time ago. All right. So I've got a copy of Days of Ruin sitting unplayed on my stack of games. Should I play that or is there another Advanced Wars that's like a good primer for Advanced Wars? No, I, you can I, play I the think... Famicom one we bought. Yeah. Um, that one's like I, I can't even understand it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think the problem with uh with uh what's it called with uh, Dual Strike is that it, everything is a little bit too over the top, and and like I'm playing the campaign mode and the story is atrocious. At first, I thought the story in Days of Rune was too talky and too serious, yeah. but going back to what all the Advance Wars was, it's ridiculous. It's like yay war. We just beat those guys. They were evil. Like, yeah, we're evil. What you gonna do about it? We're gonna beat you. That's what. We beat them. Yay. Let's have a feast, guys. Where are you going? Don't be so grumpy. Come back and join the feast. I don't know if I'd be welcome. I used to be part of the enemy. Hey, that don't matter. That You were whack before, but now you're totally fat and cool. So come back, yo. Yeah, because we pwned them. Like, literally, that's... they. I've heard so much pwned whack... Wiggity whack, wiggity wreck yourself before we. It's like it's the worst. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. It mm. is terrible. 
Okay. You think what I'm exaggerating? No, no, too? I'm I'm still trying to figure out if I should play any of the GBA versions of Advance Force. Oh, those were better. Those were better. There was a little bit less. Yo, that's whack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's wreck. Let's draw. Let's let's record scratch this. Yo, what what? Yo, yo, I'm the hippest white guy you'll ever know. It's terrible. <laughs> but but I think we can all agree that tactical RPGs need more bad '80s slang. Mm. It's not even '80s. This is like. Internet or 90s, 90s slang, yeah. Not even – it's like early 2000s. It's bad. It's really bad. The guy's talking about poning people. You got pwned. Total pwnage. But, uh, but the actual strategy itself in the campaign, they rely too much on gimmicks. Like you're, you spend more time fighting weird blobs or like trying to destroy crystal structures or all these like – I think at that point they felt like they had to do so all, all these twists because the last two were too similar and it was just focused on combat and like good strategic chess-like combat that there's so many gimmicks. And the two – now you have to deal with all the – now you have to have two commanders at a time. Like sometimes you're controlling like four different commanders and you're switching between them and the guy has all these different abilities and powers and they're all switching back and forth and they hardly use any fog of war. Where Days of Ruin is like a, feels like more of a pure strategy experience. They've expanded the strategy options. There's more use of fog of war that you have to actually use your resources. Like I felt like a more – they focused on – honed in more on the strategy and they got away from the city like let's have a feast because we won the war kind of thing. Where if you're going to play one of the Game Boy ones, I'd say just go with the original. But I have Days of Ruin right here. Should I just be it's okay fine. with that? I mean, it, it, yeah, it's fine. I mean, okay. I, now that I go back and look at it and actually think about what that game was, it really was just a, more of a Spartan. Well, especially since I don't have any preconceived notions going into it, right? Yeah, then in that case, you're probably going to get a lot more out of it than I did at the time. Because I, okay. I think at the time that I played Days of Ruin, I skipped Advance Wars 2 and Advance Wars uh, Dual Strike. And I was mm-hmm. just going off my rose-colored high school memories of what Advance Wars should be. Okay. And it didn't live up to that. But now that I go back and actually play with that, you know, I was like, this cartoon show was so funny and clever. And then you go back and look and I'm like, oh, I was 12. <laughs> no, like, Dexter's Lab was amazing. Yeah, it actually, was. No, it I was a good show. Except okay, when it changed the art style. That oh, show well, got yeah, really bad. Of course, yeah. Well, that, that's and it wasn't the... that the art style changed. Is that the writing staff changed? Well, with I mean, the that's like Gargoyle season three. Let's just pretend it didn't happen. You know, it was really bad. It was, but yeah, the first. I think Dexter's Lab is on Netflix. It's just as clever as it used to be. It's smart. Oh, and Some now that the... you mentioned Gargoyles, uh, I have to express my annoyance that they finally released uh, the second <gasps> half they of did? season two on D- only to Club Disney members. What? Yeah. You gotta buy five other Disney DVDs to get it. Call me crazy. Was Keith David the star of that show? Keith David was the star of that show. That's why that and that was a great show. You know, I hate to say it, but I there's very few shows that hold up. But like Dexter's Lab, Gargoyles, uh, Batman the Animated Series. Oh, I'm watching. Did I'm you guys like the old now. Disney cartoons like Tailspin and Darkwing Duck and stuff? They don't. I don't think they hold up. They were, uh, Darkwing Duck is still pretty cool, but you have to sort of think of it as an early '90s kids show as opposed to the awesome thing you loved when you were eight. <laughs> exactly. Dangerous. Yeah. There are very few shows that you can enjoy as an adult just as much as you enjoyed as a kid. Maybe even more so because you get more out of it. And I think like maybe early Simpsons, uh, Batman. I really like if you watch Batman the animated series, you really see what they were trying to sneak in there for a kid show at the time, and you just really appreciate, and you can really appreciate it. So, how do I join this Club Disney thing? Um, I th- I think I will send you a link. Okay. <laughs> well, Chris, you're gonna get on those DVDs now. Huh? No, I'm just gonna learn about it. I ain't gonna. I don't have time. Or, money or, to do sorry, it right Disney now. Movie Club. Okay, thank you. That's what it's called. Yeah, I was going to say, listeners. Club Disney is like, you get to stay. That's that thing. That's the Vacation like, Club, yeah, yeah. yeah. DVC. Sorry. 
You know anyway. what's surprisingly good too? Still, it was uh, was Batman Beyond. Oh my up gosh! As, like, this Disney Movie Club is like Columbia Record House. Get four Disney movies for one dollar. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, that's terrible. I thought this didn't exist anymore. Well, they can do it because they're Disney. But yeah, Batman Beyond. Cyberpunk awesome Batman. Stuff. Fantastic. Cyber- yeah, that's a well, great as show. As close to cyberpunk as you're going to get on Saturday morning. Oh, it, it, was, it, was, it was the only I'm very happy because all these shows period. that you're telling me are the ones that do hold up are the only ones that I really thought did hold up. So <laughs> Yeah. We're just confirming your bias. Yes. <laughs> we are. Hey, it was really good. It was like the only cyberpunk fiction on TV ever, like at that time at all. And it was not only that, it was good. And it was introducing an entire generation of kids to it. They didn't even realize that they like cyberpunk stuff. It was pretty good. Yeah. And then they found Shadowrun and they're like, I don't like this stuff. <laughs> This is this isn't like Batman at all. <laughs> this is not like Batman at all. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> I don't see it on the Disney Movie Club site. So like you have to already later. be a member to see Gargoyles. What? Yeah. So what? you actually have to buy like five and then and go then back and it? look for them. How easy is it to to cancel your subscription? Well, you have to fulfill your commitment, probably. You just have to fulfill your commitment, which is probably like five movies at full retail price or something. Yeah, stupid. I think it's uh, five at full. Which honestly, Disney is the one way people who is the only people who can get away with that since their movies don't get cheaper even on Amazon. Yeah, like and honestly, <laughs> there, there's a static like they it, it's a good range. Like it also has the all the Marvel movies on there. Mm-hmm. That's right. They, they, all the Star Wars movies. they own Miramax, don't they? So you can get some good Miramax movies. I'm trying to. I'm trying to see if Miramax is on here. I don't think so. There was a Ducktales oh. movie. Yes, I don't remember that. They found like they got a genie and Apparently. Scrooge made wishes and things went bad and there was like this whole oh. sequence where the nephews had to break into the money pit to get the lamp back from mm-hmm. the guy. Did someone say blathering blatherskites at some point? Of course they did. Of course. Okay. I'm DuckTales is a series I'm scared to go and watch again because I'm sure it will be terrible. You know, no, I remember no, going up with like TGIF. Because you get to like view it in the post-colonial literature lens and it's like, man. Polo- post- Hold on. The post-colonial literature lens? Yes. What's that? It is a form of literary criticism uh, based on reading things from a post-colonial standpoint. Okay. It's mostly about Caribbean fiction, but you can apply it to other things. And you get to realize? Uh, Just exactly how, just sort of the darkness of the whole thing. Okay. It it takes on a a new light. Well, just sort of how all these new, all these territories we live in now, how they were explored, how they were exploited for the resources and their people and everything and the societies that grew and up I'm, around that. And I'm going to be disgusted by Scrooge McDuck's yeah. speech patterns? Well, you're going to be disgusted by Scrooge McDuck's, you know, the way he treats everything. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We have lots of awkward pauses in this no today. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, drinking game. Or is that so, there's an awkward pause, drink. take an awkward drink, and then you look right. at yourself. That Are you're we all done t- with what we played? I think we're done, period, right? Okay. Or, no, I've, so, got, I've got a fast news blast for people because we've been gone. We didn't have any news stories. And I know I heard on uh, the show that you did, Scott, how important news stories I are. I got one. Yeah? 
Final Fantasy VII, now available on Steam. Yep. Includes cloud saving, but not Eris. <laughs> Boo. Oh, I played uh, Lightning Returns. Oh, did you? Why yeah. didn't you tell us about it? I forgot. Well, <laughs> that bad, huh? No, it's fine. It's um, it's like the story was incomprehensible, and the voice acting was bad. But if you're Sounds playing like a Final Fantasy game, exactly. I mean, honestly, if you're playing thirteen and thirteen two, and then thirteen whatever, you're used to the voice acting and the story at this point. So that's that's a moot point for someone who doesn't know anything about it. But the combat is interesting. It's um. It almost feels like an action RPG while still being a turn-based game because it's so fast and it's just moving so quickly. You you know you're you're playing as one character, and at the hit of a and the touch of a button, you can switch between like three different gear sets, and each gear set corresponds to, like maybe a different class. So well, you, what I would do is I I'd be like the guardian class and I have a big shield and I start blocking some attacks and I'd be dealing damage. And each gear set has its own set of AP. Yeah. So I would use like a bunch of powerful attacks from this set, and I would run down all, and I would use up all my AP. But then, rather than waiting for my AP to build back up over time, I would switch to the next gear set, and then I'd be like a mage, and I use like a cast Blizzaga, Firaga, or something, and then I'd use up all my MP there, switch to the next gear set, and then I'd use I don't know, a fast attack or a lightning strike, and then by the time you know, so you're constantly rotating through all these different sets, and by the time you're done using up all the AP in one, it's fully charged in another. So they f- it felt a little bit quicker and more dynamic. So you just felt, you know, so it felt almost like an action RPG. You're going in, you're attacking quick, coming back out, you're blocking attacks right before they come in. But it's still, you know, sort of ATB turn based. But it tricks you enough. It, it, with, it plays enough with the conventions of what an action RPG is that you almost feel like it is one without, but while still being true to the older battle system. So I thought it was actually quite interesting, and it looks great too. So. That, that, those are my quick impressions. Okay. All, All right. right, so other news. Okay, other news. Quickly is from the past week, we found out the Dungeon Smash is now available on the Xbox Indie Games channel. It's a twin-stick shooter and a fantasy role-playing game, apparently. I have no idea how it works, but there you go. <laughs> twin-stick shooting in a dungeon. I guess that's like Gauntlet, maybe? Yeah. Maybe. Warrior's Lair, which used to be called Ruin, a game we played and people tried to defend on one of these podcasts like two E3s ago, has officially been canceled for the PS3. I didn't, de- didn't defend it. I was just literally like one of the only people in the world who run an impression of it. Okay. Because they snuck into the Sony Europe booth, the only place they ever had it playable, yeah. and I was the only one who like, wrote about it. Well, now it's gone. <laughs> I'm not Long surprised forever. based on what I played. Good riddance. All right, Final Fantasy X and X-2 will have a new 30-minute scene in it. Now, What's I don't... That? Will it be people? the scene where things make sense? Ten two make, like ten makes sense. I don't know about ten two, but mm. I haven't yeah, finished right. ten two. All right. So a thirty minute cutscene. Expo- they don't like say this. if it's a cutscene. Um, right. The scene will apparently take place after the ending credits, though it's unclear if there will be additional scenes in one or both games. Um, okay, so there you go. All right. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, seven's now available. But will you have to get a hundred percent completion to Gosh, get it? Gosh, I hope. Well, we don't know if it's after the first game. No, if it's after the second game, maybe. Wait, if you whistle five times, pause, whistle four more times, then Titus will show up and and turn on the movie for you. Yes. (laughs) Um, Dragon's Prophet, first content up. What is this? Uh, Oh, there's a free-to-play MMO called Dragon's Prophet that I linked here because I wanted to look at it. That was not meant for me to read. Never mind. Uh, Ragnarok Online, there's a prequel coming only to browsers. Because who huh? wanted? Who didn't want Excitement. a? Who didn't want a prequel of Ragnarok Online? It's called Ragnarok Online Prequel. 
It'll be for browsers and there <laughs> you go. Great name. Great name. That's probably the Asian name, not for us. Uh, let's no, see, they got to keep it now. This keep is an it. old one, but I stumbled upon it and didn't know about it. Perfect World and Cryptic Studios are making a new MMO development studio. Um, yeah, that's old news, but I didn't know it. So, yeah, that's happening. And let's see. Oh, the Connect on Xbox One will not record or upload your conversations, says Microsoft. Oh, wait, this is also an old story. Uh, the NSA me. might. Yeah, Xbox the NSA won't. will do that already. Tales of Zillia 2 is coming to the West. There's a more recent story. Oh, wait, was that? Yeah, that's new. Yeah. Okay. Tales of Zillia 2 is finally coming to the West, which is surprising that they actually announced that since, you know, Tales of Zillia still isn't out. Um, so there it's you almost go. like Bandai thinks there's money to be made in selling their own games. <laughs> Tales of Symphonia Chronicles, they announced also... What is that? That is uh, Tales HD. of Symphonia and Tales of Symphonia Dawn of the New World. Those are the GameCube games, right? Yeah, remade, remade for Wii U. Remade for Wii U? I really? believe. No, PS3, I, I dude. It's on a real PS3. system. Sorry. It's uh, the PS3, um, and it's going to have Japanese and English audio on that, Tales of Symphonia Chronicles. Um, Tales of Zillia 2, they've confirmed that it'll be in, released in 2014 in North America and Europe, and so that's cool. And we'll know more tomorrow about that. And that's it. That's all I got for stories for this week. So there's your RPG update for the week. And I think we're done. Thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. Thank you, Scott. No problem. Thank you, Manny. Uh, I talked so much. Thank you, my beautiful wife. I talked a lot, too. And thank you to you for listening and sticking with us. We are back. Unfortunately, we're going to be taking next week off because Anna and I will be moving into a new house. Um, hey, and- Scott, do you want to do a podcast next weekend? <laughs> you know, I, I got three shows already. He's good. <laughs> hey, you volunteered. He's yeah, good. I did it once because I felt we had to. And I- technically, you volunteered me. Yes. Well, we volunteered John, and then John volunteered you, I guess, or somebody volunteered you. I think Mac may have volunteered me. A lot of people volunteered a lot of people, but a podcast got made. And a lot of cool people were on it. I hope I can poach them sometime for a show. So... See, the the trick is, is that people like me. <laughs> oh, okay. I got to work on that. Yeah. After I move, though. Anna will give me tips. After you move. So we're going to be moving next week, and after that, we'll be back to our regular schedule. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and look for updates on the site. And stay tuned for more RPG news, as hopefully we find something interesting to look forward to for RPGs at the rest of 2013. Yeah. I have no idea what that's going to be. Go play Knights of the Old Republic on your iPad. Oh, I'm so tempted to get that. Because I'm curious to know if it actually, how it performs. People say it runs great even on an iPad mini. Okay, cool. And with that, we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.